Hello, and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, fresh off arguably the greatest episode in Arc of E podcast history. Oh yeah, that was really good. The critics have spoken. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh. They were like four years in, these guys really hit their stride. Yeah, sometimes it takes a minute, but then you find Two your Two and a half hour episode. Of, of what? <laughs> what were we talking about? We are just talking, weren't we? Yeah, it was just a big, big, long... Uh, my money's on Leto adventure. Yeah, yeah. Why did you not make my money? We're, we're on truly Leto? A, a real podcast now that we took a, a line that takes up all of like a minute in the course of the conversation and blew it out to like that's the episode title. Well, there's the title. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I don't know what we're gonna call this, but we'll see. Because I think we should just do that I, from now on. I that think should, that should be a new thing, right? Um, again, I say cliched because like there's literally so many podcasts that do that. Yeah. I would feel like we're ripping them off, but that's kind of what we do here. Mm -hmm. As you might recall with a little show called Manhunters (laughs) that we just started and then Blank Check was like, oh, we're, nope, now we're doing Michael Mann. Speaking of Manhunters, did you listen to James Kahn talk to Mark Maron? When did that happen? Like to this week. No. And it was so funny. a regular segment. Um, Yeah. Where we talk about podcast one recap. of the most successful podcasts <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the face of the We're planet. just grabbing at the coattails where we get a chance. It's just funny because he goes, and then, you know, he said something about like all these other movies. And he goes, Steve, Steve is this. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're like, you love that movie. He goes, oh, yeah, it was great. You know, and he's like, and he's going talking about it. He's like, and then Michael, Michael Mann, he's like a mini little Hitler that when he's this. And I'm like, what? He's like, you know, you notice, have you ever noticed in Thief, there are, there, there are no contractions whatsoever in that movie. And I'm like, Thinking back, I'm like, yeah, there there are no contractions. And he's like, because if you've been in time, you've done time, you don't want to waste time repeating yourself. So it's not I'm the most dangerous. I am the most dangerous. I am not the person to fuck with. I cannot abide that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just, it's maybe like 10, 15 seconds he talks to Mark Merritt about it because he goes on about like El Dorado and like John Wayne telling him, now kid, when you do this, turn and give me that look and then run. So he does it, and Howard Hawks is like, "Cut, James. I want you say the line, and then you just go. I don't need you to stand there." <laughs> and apparently, he was like best buddy. Like him, Robert Mitchum, and him were like they mm-hmm. hit it off. And it's like he said, "What are you doing? You doing a lot of smiling, Jimmy? What? You listen to this fucking guy talk? You listen to Wayne talk? Because he, he talked about how like no fucking person talks like John Wayne does in real life, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he talked that way all the time, like in his movies, on set, off set." And that's why James Conn is smiling in all of that movie. So you just cannot believe that like John Wayne is talks like that all the time. <laughs> but it's it's worth it's worth a listen. It's pretty good. <laughs> I would recommend it. Okay, uh, this has been Gavin recommends again. What the fuck? Uh, possibly one of like the three most popular podcasts in the world. So what would the other two be? Uh, the Joe Rogan Experience, I guess, I and um, NPR. Something from NPR. Probably. Yeah. I mean, Serial's still number one all time for listens, I'm sure. But uh, for like a singular event. Oh, yeah. We're way off in the weeds, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is the episode where we're supposed to give our top ten favorite albums of 2020. Um, I think the reason it's so awkward kicking this off, when's the last time we did a list? Yeah. I mean, it's been a long year. My God, it's been a long year. But I don't remember the last time we did a top 10 that wasn't about last year's movies 
and the Phantom uh, music episode that nobody ever got because the audio quality was so horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we decided to record it downstairs in Studio C or D or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. And watch the videos as we as we played stuff for each other. And it didn't, you know, it didn't, didn't turn out. out great. It hmm. was unreleasable, which <laughs> I think we've only had one or two episodes like that. So, anyways. Yeah, no, I can't think of another one we've done this year. I mean, we didn't even do a most anticipated this year, did we? We, we did the Kings of Wishful Thinking. Right. Uh, great. Another great episode. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so great, I can't remember exactly what it was for. The whole point was... What we hoped made The whole the point theaters. was COVID had like firmly entrenched itself in our lives, and theaters had shut down. Uh, so we were playing the... Oh yeah, but in like four or five months, most of these are probably still going to come out and everything. And I think the only one of those probably that's on that list, if you go back, and I may go back and listen because I like the sound of my own voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Probably Tenet, which I did see in a theater. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else I had on there for most anticipated. Me neither. I can't. Even but yeah, well, we definitely did one. Is I that, don't know if we even is that where we started two by two. I think we just kind of. Yeah, right around the time oh, yeah. the lockdown started is when we were like, let's just watch old shit because that's what everybody's doing right now, and let's. Talk and it's about that. December second, and there's supposed to be a vaccine within a couple days, right? Um, I don't. I know. hear all the uh, first responders and like people in the front lines are getting. I it. I think they missed the mark. Wasn't it supposed to be right before the election? Yeah. Uh, anyways, this is. But see, everybody's like, "Oh my god, great vaccine!" This is my. This is my. This is my real fear. Crunch time. Because if you remember correctly, the opening of I Am Legend is we came up with this thing to stop cancer. And then it turned into everybody into like sun hating. It mutated. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm worried about. Like, yeah, I'm going to get it if they offer it, but I'm not like jumping to the front lines. I want to see what the first round does and see if anybody mutates. So we got like a chud situation. It's like the PlayStation 5. Right. I didn't didn't stress myself over getting a pre-order. Right. Because I was like, oh, well. Oh, I can wait. Yeah. It is killing me, but I can wait. Oh, I can so wait I until February. So I shouldn't tell you that I have one? Is that what you're saying? You fucking have one already? Yeah. My own, <laughs> my own brother. Oh, A goddamn scum-sucking <laughs> vampire. Uh, really? Yeah. How is it? Amazing. What have you been playing on it? Call of Duty. Now, this is a music episode, I promise, people. Well, we will get to it in a minute. Yeah. What Call, of Duty. Play? Call of Duty. <sighs> All right. Madden. What, the new Black Ops 3, yeah, whatever? with Reagan, where he, like, you know, he called, dude, he calls you by your own pronoun. You pick what pronoun you want, he'll acknowledge it. Very Won't acknowledge aid, AIDS at all, but, like, he acknowledges. <laughs> I was going to say, oddly progressive move for, yeah. for Reagan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, but you talk about music. They, they complain about like, oh, you know, these games cost so much to make. And within like the first like 20 minutes, there's like five iconic, like there's a Creedence song. There's a. Oh, yeah. It's like, guys, hey, lower your. Yeah. Your don't music pay so much for music. Bit. I mean, they got uh, and Magic instead, Carpet maybe, Ride. Maybe pay those people that you forced to sit in front of a computer monitor during yeah. crunch or whatever the hell it's called. Anyways. Yeah. So you, what else are you playing? That Madden. I've. um Mainly just those two. The thing I do no pre- demon souls. Uh, it's downloaded. I haven't no played Miles it yet. Morales. Yeah, played that a little bit. Very good. Okay. Um, the thing I like about it, I think I wasn't, which I, I mean, I didn't read up anything about. It. I just knew it was coming out. The adaptive trigger, haptic feedback. Yes, because yeah. like when I'm running, 
a play in Madden and I get hit from somebody, I get a vibration on the side from of the that, control. Right. Yeah. Same thing with like shooting. You can't just pull the trigger down. There's a little bit of like resistance. Resistance. Interesting. And then there's a little game that you can play on the console, like a free platformer deal that's got the little rocket dude, Astro or whatever. And that kind of like shows you the ins and outs of the control, how you can move it around. It's their little big plan yeah. of this generation. Okay. Pretty much. Cool. Sorry. This is from PS5 corner. Yeah. That's that's exciting. I mean, you know, Christmas right around the corner. Yeah. Long time. Crazy thing okay. is, <laughs> I didn't realize this, dude, but have you been in a Walmart lately? Nope. Sure haven't. Okay. Well, I've been in a Walmart lately. Just, you know, going to shine you on here a little bit. If you've been in, if you go in, you'll notice now that they have this large orange tower. Okay. And I don't know if this is something that came down the pike because of COVID, but if it wasn't, and this was where they were going anyway, hats off. If this is a move they made because of COVID, um, all that money you're saving, you should definitely pay your people more. More Anyway, um, but ideally you would go in, you'd either punch in your order or you'd scan your phone and whatever you ordered online would come out of this giant tower automatically and be given to you. It's pretty okay. dope. Of course, they couldn't do that with the PlayStation 5. The manager had to go to the locker room and go get it, and I grabbed onto it and ran out of there like I was, you know, like I had the, the keys to Fort Knox or something because yeah, it was the, like... I'm the not... actual just straight-up cure for coronavirus. Yeah, one of those, um, yeah. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready, dude. We're Ten minutes in. Maybe right. we should kick it off. This is our our top ten favorite albums of the year 2020. And this is, again, our kickoff episode of our year-end wrap-up where we will try and find the silver lining uh, in this dog shit year. Yes. And, you know, we're going to kick it off here with music. Presumably this is what you're hearing first. That's the one we're recording first because it takes the longest to edit. Right. Um, I think we're going to try and do movies. I, I kind of came up with December, post-December 4th. I think I'm, I'm pretty solid. Uh, there's a couple. I'm gonna go see Nomadland in theaters. Like, What's that? With nobody around. It's the new Chloe Zhao movie. Her, her movie, The Rider, was on my list two years ago that we did. Okay. If you can remember that far back, I started thinking about how many episodes we've recorded, and it kind of sucks that like we've broken it across so many different feeds where mm-hmm. I actually don't have like a running number in my head. But like we definitely have cleared a hundred episodes, but we've never been able to properly celebrate it because. Right. We, we haven't done 100 May. episodes of one show. Right. And that's why I asked you the other day if you had a couple to re-release because, yeah, they're re-releases. If, but if well, they aren't... we already had so many re-releases from this year in the feed that I'm like, we're nowhere near 52. We are, though. That's the thing. If they aren't available regularly where you can't go get them, if there's something that... True. If you haven't... Re- if, if ones you've released are not available to, like, scroll back to when it was, like, you know the music arc or whatever it was, if they aren't available, I consider them technically new to people since you've had to take stuff down. And that's what I was saying. If you could put up maybe one or two more with these included, we can definitely say we went one episode. We managed to have one episode a week available well, as see, content. Here's where I think we made up for it though. How many like two hour plus episodes did we do too. over this like entire quarantine basically? Well, I mean, I want that to continue. I don't want that to just be a COVID I mean, I want thing. that to continue as well. But... Okay, good. As long as we're in agreement on that, then yeah, we, we're fine. We've hit 52. Yeah. Um, totally off topic now, and we we will kick this off. I swear to God, we're going to kick it off. We were talking about man earlier mm-hmm. when you brought up what the fuck. I don't want to like yeah. get off on that tangent again, but it did remind me we're going to bring back Manhunters at some point next year because we're going to get Tokyo Vice, presumably... They were able to resume production, so maybe we get it in the fall. But I was thinking if you want to kick it off a little earlier, 
we can always go and watch Luck, the HBO or the pilot for the HBO series hmm. that has a has fucking Jimmy Conn. Okay, yeah, we can uh, do that. And Dustin Hoffman, and yeah, a bunch of other people. That's when all those horses died and they canceled the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've never watched an episode. And Me I neither. Would totally be down. I started looking at the cast, but yeah, so we could resurrect Manhunters, do that, and then transition into Tokyo Vice. Yeah. So look forward to that, like summer twenty twenty one. Yeah. Something to stick around for. Okay, guys. <laughs> Let's do it. It's officially time. We're kicking off the top ten. Um, age before beauty, or you know, how are we doing this? Whoever's a beauty should go first. What? You said age before beauty. I'm older, so why don't you go first? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Counterintuitive to the max. Okay. I'm going to say we only have one close to one crossover. I don't think we... 100%. I don't think you and I listen to one album any, that is on each one. of our list. Yeah, okay. I know that. I'm going to tease a couple things as we work our way through. One of these albums, I have... I don't even know if he listens anymore, so I'm going to put this out there, but I'll be vague about it until we get there, and then it'll be spoiled. One of these albums I purchased for our father for Christmas oh, on vinyl. Okay. Okay. I want to see if you can guess which one it is. Okay. Uh, I will also say five of these showed up in my Spotify year-end list. My top five artists, each of their albums from this year, are okay. on my list. So you'll see if you can guess those as well. And uh, we'll talk about some singles towards the end. I've got some honorable mentions as well. And uh, yeah, anything I think might be... There's maybe one other one that I thought could be crossover. Yeah, me too. But it's an honorable mention for me. Okay. I shifted it down simply because... I wanted to. And okay. It's your list. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. But just remember, it's final for this dog shit year. So you better make it good. Give people some hope. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you look so upset. We, we can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you look like you want to ask I me keep, if I can, I you can talk to the manager. <laughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> I keep trying to start the episode. But before we get into the actual top ten, our individual top tens rather, any thoughts on the year as a whole through the lens of music? Was it a year where you were tuned into more new stuff? Were you more going for like comforting old favorites? Were you in an exploratory mood? Were you in a comfort mood? Where did you go? Because I'm I, curious. When all of the pandemic started, I started searching for new things from people, wondering who had what what they were going to be able to do. Catch up and, time. And catch up, like what was going to happen. Same thing with series and movies where and, it's like, yeah. I now will have all this time. Let well, me. No, no, me I, no, not even that. Well, Just for the simple thing of like, oh my God, what was going to come out? Is it going to get pushed? And who might I not have known had something coming out that I might want to listen to? I got mm-hmm. some, there's a couple of very nice surprises. I don't have any specific ones for the albums, but like for the singles that I listened to, those. Top 10 Radio and Pop Radio made me search for other nostalgic things, um, particularly one that's on my list, and I can explain it when I get there because it's kind of a funny story. Okay. Well, that'll, we'll, kind but of, it's, we'll find the but themes yeah. as we go. But, but it was, was very, just, it was curious. initially like a, well, shit, what is this going to do? Can I even make a top 10 list? Right. One of the albums we both love came out. And I started thinking about like, well, what are people saying and talking about now? How much is now? Because you have this ability to, 
I think everybody, like you mentioned it on one where the guy from SoundCloud or Spotify was like, uh, just like make more stuff and you'll be happier. Yeah, make more As singles. opposed to yeah. like, you know, put some put some effort into it. Just give it, give, give it a little bit of a shot. Right. You know? And I started thinking like, well, who, when we get stuff, is it going to be of the time? Is it going to be, I was kind of thinking about this and then like all this shit happened. So maybe I shouldn't put this out because I was just talking about how like, damn, it feels good to be a gangster, but that doesn't feel like something I should say right now. Maybe I should talk right. about more relevant shit. Mm-hmm. Did it get switched, all that? And I feel like for a certain percentage, everything came out like it was supposed to be and it didn't matter what was going to happen. They knew people were going to listen and they are where they are. And then, I don't know if you want to get into it now, I think we definitely, I want to talk about the weekend at some point in light of what's happened recently because I think that's full shit, man, because I could not turn on a radio this year without hearing one of his songs twice. I know well, the Grammys are bullshit well, that's anyway. That's what I was going to say. You but can at get the same as upset time, as you want about that, but it just goes on to further prove oh, yeah, that no. like, they're, they're bullshit. Now, that being said, there are times where I'm like, oh shit, a person I really like and respect and who genuinely had the best album of the year or the best rock album of the year, whatever subcategory, actually, they got it right. right. It happens like once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. But in general, I'm like, the fact that people... It's almost like they go out of their way to snub people because it makes them more relevant because you're going to get more stories written about like, oh my God, did you see this happen? And then people are going to like hate watch it. And I'm like, I I can't remember the last time I watched a Grammy broadcast. It was probably around the time that Outkast won album of the year for Stankonia, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, excuse me. They won best new artist for Stankonia. Their what? Third or fourth album. Right. And I remember vividly Andre 3000 on the stage saying, like, oh, this is not our first album. We've been here. And he, like, literally listed off right. Equimini and Southern play, uh, Playlist of Cadillac Music. Yeah. Um, hilarious stuff. Anyways, that's the last one I remember watching, like, this is an event, watching it start to finish. I think I've watched like isolated performances, but who gives a shit about it, the it, especially, at this point? Yeah, especially in a in a new. I mean, is it nice? Yes, I know he's won before, but it's one of those things where it's like, it. Yes, the fan. You know, the fans love you. They buy your albums. They listen to stuff. You radio loves you. All that, but that that still, if that is the academy, that is your whatever the industry credit or some, respect on some yeah. level. I think an artist more so than the fan gets a little personal with it because it's like, don't get me wrong. I love it. And he said it already. Like, I love the fans. I love all that. I appreciate everything. They wouldn't be here without them, all that. But I do all this and I have this and to not even be even nominated for one thing. I get that was run the Jules's issue where they were like, we got robbed, we got snubbed. And I wanted to be like, Hey, we get, they've been literally every year for four albums every year. And they could, but they, but they still could give a shit. They're going right. to come back stronger. The streets know what it is. They love us. They love us. Why? Because we feed the village. They feed the entire village with like great music and shit. So I'm just hoping that the weekend gets on board. It's like, can I, can I be on some singles next year? Like I would love. Let's do some singles and shit. Because that is, I think that honestly is probably why the Grammy snubbed him. Not only did After Hours like kill, but the all the other singles he released from the album with other people. It's like he couldn't pick a favorite version of the song, so he gave it to everyone. I think the main thing just I've got heard, too... and we we can get off of this soon, but it was in conflict with the Super Bowl performance, 
where supposedly it was like, you have to choose. Like, if you're going to go perform on the Super Bowl, then we don't want you here. You're not, like, you're not invited. Wait, the Super Bowl and, and the Grammys are happening the same night? No, no, no. They're happening within a week or two of each other. And it was a conflict of, like, oh, well, he's going to be performing on these two huge events, like, back-to-back. And, like, basically, the Grammys didn't want to have him perform if he was about to just be on the Super Bowl. So they're like, no, that slot should go to, like, somebody else. And they pointed out, of course, that, like, the album nominating process and all of that happened way before it was announced that he had the Super Bowl gig. Right. But it was still weird. Where That's was why he like, was like collaborate. I've been collaborating with you guys to, to like, I've been talking about working with you mm-hmm. before I got the Super Bowl gig mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the, the process of it was then. So how is it that now you're saying I was in conflict when, when they were choosing that wasn't even an issue. So you're mm-hmm. telling me if I'd have chose you guys and I, would I have still been, would I have been nominated? Cause I mean, imagine if he says, I really like to perform at the Grammys, let somebody else do the Super Bowl, And then the nominations come out and they're like, Oh, we didn't even nominate you for anything. Oh, so I'm just here to perform and that's it. Right. That would have been weird as hell. That would have been fucking yeah. bullshit. And then some, they're going to pick another guy for the Super Bowl, and in between they are, there's just, right. they have to. So all in all, he's going to come out on top looking great. And they fucked the Grammys. What's your number 10? <laughs> it's a great way to kick it off, yeah. I suppose, 20 minutes into the episode. Uh, my number 10 is from a band that I uh, introduced to you when we had a little segment that ran for two episodes called, uh, what, did, what was it even called? What we've been listening to. No. Um, Have you heard that? Three Songs or Less. Yeah. Excuse me, where we tried to sell each other on a band or an artist. Because we were dying um, for some kind of, I was dying for some kind of musical Three output. songs or less. Uh, I think this was the first one I did. Uh, Tennis, their album Swimmer, from way earlier this year. It feels like it came out like three years ago. Uh, but it, it stuck around long enough to make my top ten. I am I had been vaguely familiar with them until earlier this year. I have a friend that's like a diehard, has seen them multiple times live. But I'd never, you know, dove in and given a proper listen to any of their albums been around for a couple years and this one just top to bottom is incredible i've played you some stuff off of it but it has been a while so uh they're a husband and and wife duo uh patrick riley he he handles the guitars and some of the keys and i don't know if it's elena or alana moore uh excuse me i know you're listening uh great (laughs) album this year guys uh she is the the lead singer and she also plays keys just a great throwback vibe in general gives me like you know kind of mid to late 70s just pop music vibes but it's so the lyrics are incredible and it's total you know total smith style if you will where it's like oh these melodies are really pretty and catchy and everything oh fuck what is this about this is really depressing like uh definitely that sort of vibe and i think notably i believe this was written in the wake of her father's passing and that kind of you know throwing a wrench into their marriage and their dynamic etc but a lot of great just kind of like lovelorn sort of tracks but everything has like a great energy to it i'm gonna uh I'm going to go with not, I don't know if this was one of the singles, but this is probably my favorite track on the album. Uh, The song is called How to Forgive.
I love her vocals. She's pretty incredible. Fairly unique, I think. It's not like a completely out there like pop vocal. It's something you're kind of used to, but she's got just a lot of heart and soul in it. And uh, her husband's guitar work and synth work, just absolutely incredible. I got to know what this guy works with. I assume they're all vintage because it just be. feels right in the pocket of like late mm-hmm. 70s, just great, easy listening pop music i don't know it's oh god it's like a a nice warm bath but again a kind of a sad one mm-hmm. maybe there's gonna be some tears in your in your in your bubble bath maybe okay um i was tennis uh the album is swimmer and uh other tracks i would say check out runner uh swimmer the title track and uh need your love was the first big single and it is incredible so uh Check them out and then dive back into their discography because it's all real good. Real good stuff. Okay, that was my number 10. Over to you, brother. Okay, Noah, for my number 10, I'm going to read you this quote. My overall belief is that human human nature is that we're all very violent and very dangerous. And self-preservation over everything. Humans are the only thing that kill for sport. We're very interesting creatures. And we figured out ways to justify that shit. That's what carnivore is. It's animal that stands erect. That's us. My number 10 is carnivore from Body Count. Okay. I would tell you to listen to the the title track, Carnivore. Ice gets a little little crazy. And um, the thing that I like that they've done For on the... For the uninitiated, uh, Body Count is Ice-T's band. Full-on band. Full on band. Yeah. Are they considered... Not... New metal sounds wrong. Are they considered... Metal. metal, just metal, just straight metal. So okay. metal that they covered. Uh, he actually, and I loved it. He, because I was just like perfect. They covered Ace of Spades. Oh hell yeah! Dude. Every okay. album since 2014. 2014, they paid an homage to Suicidal Tendencies. The last album they did Slayer. This album they did. They were like they did um, Motorhead, and he was like, you know, I didn't think I was gonna get. I didn't know if I was gonna get to sing this. Didn't know what I was gonna do. And then, you know, luckily Lemmy wasn't Celine Dion, so I could kind of get in there and like hit his notes. So it's my, right. it's, it's Ice trying to sing Lenny. I did the best I could. All right. And I so was like, okay. What you, but title track? Carnivore. Is that what we're going with? Yeah. Okay. That's one I would recommend just because it's, if you've never, because obviously Motor, you know, Ace of Spades, Motorhead, people should know that if they don't, and it is technically a cover. But if you just listen to Carnivore, just listen to the opener with that, like get a feel for like what, the, if you've never listened to Body Count, obviously, if, you may know Cop Killer. You may know some other ones they've had here and there. And that's just, if you, you know anything about Ice-T, yes, there was the gangster rap thing, but early on, he was heavily influenced by lots of metal bands. And so that's just instantly kind of where he went to mm-hmm. and kind of found his niche and his, you know, like-mindedness with the metal crowd. And so yeah, I thought it was awesome that he, they did do the cover of, of uh, Ace of Spades, but... I don't know. I, I didn't realize that he had a new one out. I knew they'd come up with something. I think I've seen it on a handful of like top top fifty lists or yeah. so. Like it's but definitely. I listened to it rooms. multiple times, and there was another one I kind of had on the outlier. I wasn't sure, but I was at the end. I was like, I gotta go body count because right. you know this year it's it's kind of fitting for this year if you ask me.
this one is a mouthful. Uh, the band is Man Man. I think I may have played you something from them at some point. I'm not sure. They are led by Honus Honus. That's his stage name, at least. Uh, he's also in Mr. Heavenly, who I've definitely told you about, but I yes. don't know if I ever got you to listen to them. Uh, this is his, like, you know, main, main gig. They hadn't put out anything in quite a while, but they came back strong in my book with a 52-minute colossus called Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, 18 tracks. And I would arguably say not a bad one on it. Really, really solid top to bottom. Uh, I am going to play you one of the more accessible and just right out, out there for you. Uh, this is called Future Peg. Don't beat around the bush again, your heart is bursting. Don't beat around the bush again, your heart is bursting for someone to let you know, someone to tell you, someone to let you know you're not a future pig. Moving like a two by Uh, yeah, you should check out the music video where literally everything that he just described is visualized. I don't trust you with music videos after that one you play me in your old place in James Island that was trippy as fuck. Uh, you might have to be a little more specific. It was either fucking an, weird. It was either an Aphex Twin video or it was uh, a tobacco video. I think it was a tobacco video. Tobacco uh, sounds right. Yeah. Fucking weird, man. That would be for... Um, People who don't have synesthesia, people who like don't have motion sickness problems, <laughs> just weird. I mean, it was great. I love weird art. That's awesome. But also, well, it just I I I don't even want to think about it. It's one of those. It's like the trichotrichophobia things where you see like open things on people's skin and you just get freaked out. Open surfaces. It's the same thing. It just makes your skin crawl. And I'm just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, for me. anybody who wants to avoid that video, that is. Uh... Streaker, yes, uh, by Tobacco, directed yeah. by Eric Wareheim, the great Eric Wareheim from Tim and Eric. Awesome show, great job. Okay, yeah, that was Man Man. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So yeah, look, and the the album itself is like broadly more experimental than what I just played you, but mm-hmm. uh, I love his vocal, very unique. Again, Honus Honus, I forget what his actual name is. Uh, apparently, really cool guy. Veronica's met him before. Oh, um, and. They're just, they're great. They're back. I was really excited to like see them live because they put out some singles end of last year. We knew something new was coming Mm -hmm. and I've heard great things about their live show. They actually play South Carolina sometimes. So I was 
fully pumped to do that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So if live music ever comes back, they're definitely uh, right up there on the top of my list to see for the first time. I told mom that that this whole thing was like partly her fault. Why is that? Because she had so much stuff for us to do live, like Alabama, the Mavericks, and the oh, Doobie yeah, Brothers, I, and all that. And like that's it's, on top of the yeah four or five concerts that I was looking forward to that yeah. completely you know just evaporated. Yeah, well, shouldn't have gloated about my chemical romance either. Well, my chem's still happening. Well, November of next year, September of next year. Well, excuse me. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Okay, that uh, is the worst thing you could. That was say my no. number nine. Dream hunting in the valley of the in between. Rolls right off the tongue by the band band Man Man. Sounds like a Panic at the Disco song. With the length of the title is what I'm saying. It sounds no, like I something understand. they would have put I out what you're saying. in like early 2000s. Alrighty. Alright, so we're on to my number nine. I suppose we are. My number nine is an album called Now or Never by Mystery Skulls. I have no idea what any of what you just said is so i, I think you're going to need to play me something okay here we go um, this is this is the title track okay what do you, can you refresh my memory on what you just said the artist now or never. the album now or never is the album title right okay mystery skulls mystery skulls yes all right okay <laughs> I was, I was so, so with it. I was so with it. Mm-hmm. And then you lost me. Yeah. With the vocals. You Just his vocals. Yeah. But it's, I mean. What? Oh, I was right there with you. Let me go into this. Yeah, really killing it for me. I, you're not about to tell me this is like Gabe Supporta's new project or something. I wish, it? dude. What the fuck is this? Um, this is just well, I mean, you could kind of say a little Dave Supporta like this. Honestly, the vocals, okay. The the vocals kind of reminded me of like a and weird. Granted, I am hearing this for the first time through an iPhone. Yeah, usually, I mean, definitely that go check is it out. inside of a case. Yeah. So maybe I'm being a little harsh, but yeah. I was I was really down with the. It takes when you get when you get into like when you get into it and listen to it more, it the vocals instantly hit me as like a weird like savage late savage garden mixed with like um, the only podcast where you get to hear about late period savage garden. Yeah, like like I will fly you to the moon and back. Fuck all the plans for next year. My baby, what? Fuck all the plans for okay. next year. Savage Garden retrospective. Dude, let's do it. We could add a whole other Don't 20 what? listeners to our... 
to our lineup. I don't know if I need you, but ooh, I'd die to find out. That's the name of the show. I had it on CD. I'm just yeah. Everybody did. Then we can you know we can do the all the one with the turtlenecks, right? Yes, the black and white, right? You know. I had that the one, one that a lot of people probably mistake for the wallflowers because they got famous right around the same time. I've never made that mistake. You didn't. Personally. I said some people would. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. Of course, you're a big Bob Dylan fan. You're never going to mistake the two. I got it. Vocally, you can't either. I get it. But if you want to talk about Savage Garden, it's fine. They gave I us. I would rather be talking about Savage Garden than Monkey Skulls. Mystery Skulls. Mo- excuse me. Dude, Mystery it's, Skulls. Tris, okay. it, I, you may not dig I'll the lyrics. You may not want to get into it, the vocals. I'll give it a shot. The music in the itself. Car. It was like, just that's what I like. Yes. Give it to me instrumental. I right. was totally on board. Now, granted, there are some better things than what you just played me. You gave me the trash. Right. <laughs> but okay. there's some he there's some other the album before this has a, a some really good stuff because this is one I found out about and was like, huh. As I found out about a track from an older album, I was like, well, let me see if they got something new. And it grew on me. I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like in heavy rotation all year long, but it definitely grew on me. It's why it's number nine and not like number five, you know, but it's just, it's new, brand new to me, brand new to you. And there you go. Okay. Now or never mystery schools. Number nine. <laughs> Let's kick it on back over to you for number eight. Uh, my number eight is from an artist who um, I'm ashamed to say. I've never really given a shot until literally like two or three months ago. A gentleman named Suf John Stevens. I hope I'm saying it right. I'm sure there's a lot of people yeah. of the 20 people who listen to us uh, who are like, no, it's this instead. Uh, apologies. He's been around for quite a while. He's an indie darling. Yes. I, I first became aware of him uh, because Austin Crane, yes. who fronts the band Valley Maker, used to cover his songs uh, for the Christmas sing-along that they did in Columbia where all the local bands got together and would do cool indie Christmas covers. Hmm. And so became aware of him mainly as being an influence of one of my favorite artists, Austin Crane. Again, the band is Valley Maker. They've been on previous lists before. We've talked about him. Gavin's indifferent. Um, Anyways, so... He is one of those guys, from what I gather, and I'm still working my way through the back catalog and the whole discography, but uh, very Beck-like in that he likes to change it up album to album. He doesn't like to be pigeonholed into one style, but he will drill down and do like hard focus into, this is my thing now, this right. is my sound. So he had an album that came out, I believe, last year called Arporia, which is all instrumental, and like synth new age music and I adored it. I thought it was incredible. Okay. And then his new one, his new proper Suf John Stevens album, is called The Ascension. It's my number eight. And it is him going full on into the electronic space. Okay? I feel like I somebody else in the indie world scene thing mentioned them a couple times and like influences and stuff and i was like that's cool but i just never i never yeah. bit the bullet i never this like is, went and checked it out the ascension is a one hour and 20 minute epic uh that spans all sorts of different emotions and tones and vibes but feels very cohesive at the same time i'm struggling for where to even pick a track for you to listen to um and i do reserve the right to sub something else in here because it's one of those where like every song is like six minutes long and there's hmm. great sections throughout. So uh, I'm going to go with probably the most easily accessible. This was the first single, if I'm not mistaken. This is called Video Game. 
wrong. I, th- I think Gavin's making a little side list over there. I mean, you, you it's, interested? It's, I don't know, man. There's just this weird thing about, like, I don't know. There's something about, I don't feel like I'm allowed to like indie stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't feel okay. like I, I don't get feel like I get. weird space. All right. I just don't feel Not like even it's. halfway through the list. You don't feel like you're allowed to like it? Yeah. Like, I don't what feel like. What does that mean? Because I feel like I just, I don't know. I don't just it's something it just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me it doesn't like make me want to go do something and i'm not saying someone okay. who's like someone who's like mega famous or whatever like they make me want to do stuff either i'm just like like i listen to stuff you make and i'm like damn i wish i could do that but I guess I listen to indie stuff, and I'm like, I could do better than that. Well, and I don't even know what label he's on at this Me point. Me neither. But it's like, he's huge. He Make is. No that's mistake, the thing. He's he enormous. Is. He um, is enormous. Yeah. But, like, I don't... I've heard the name... I don't know who that is. I, I know, and it was a blind spot for me. Yeah. And now, like, I'm in love. Now, granted, I'm falling in love with this electronic period of his. Right. So... How know, much as of I it work is... my way through the discography, I may feel differently, but his songwriting and his lyricism... I'm already really attracted to, so I think that will span beyond just loving the, the synth work and the production throughout right. this thing is incredible. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I love. I mean, that that's what I'm bobbing my head to. It's one of the, and it's just like you said, with the, I can, I'm not saying give me that instrumental, mm-hmm. but I'm saying one of the reasons that I, you know, put what I did just a minute ago, and that is like, I, I'm trying to hear like I hear things more. I, I've been telling you, and I really want you to do it for the end of the year. You gotta listen to eight oh eight. You gotta watch that doc because after you do that, you will hear the eight oh eight machine in every song that you listen to because mm-hmm. it's such a vital part of stuff that we like. And so, like, I hear things in other people's songs, and I'm like, I know, I know that's something on GarageBand because I've heard Noah make that. Before, <laughs> you know, right? So it's like, and when I hear that on something that's like mass produce or whatever i'm like don't fucking try and kid me this isn't something you did in a studio that like you're this whiz kid no you did this on garage band don't try and play me like you went to a studio and that's where the magic happened you did this in your basement and i know that's the whole thing that people talk about with djs and like where you just press a button when you're at a party or whatever but there's still a mastery and an artistry to it to be able to do that in a live setting no less but you know to be able to put that all together i know kind of what that takes sort of with having to piece things together but i mean i like it it's good i'm not knocking it. it's just it doesn't feel like something that i would okay. be cool. you know we can keep rolling yeah it's, it's, thankfully this is not three songs or less oh god this is our year end list yeah uh okay so that is my number eight the ascension from the great suf john stevens who apparently gavin along with valley maker indifferent to just not his bag let me find baby. him on my own yeah <laughs> okay you're number eight sir good news Good news for people Megan that the love bad news. No, no, Megan the Stallion. Oh, good me. news. I thought it you just were, dropped last I week. I thought you were just, you know, putting a modest mouse record on here to appease oh, yeah. me because no. you just talk shit no. about Super John no. Stevens. I don't know. Okay, uh, Megan the Stallion. Yes. Uh, I am familiar mm-hmm. mainly through WAP. Uh, I don't know if I've heard a straight single of hers. So if you had to pick the highlight, I'm aware of her. I, I know she's great. I know people love her. Um, if you had to pick like the track from this one that I need to check out, I I'm I don't want to call it the track from this one because I believe it the, may have been released. 
released somewhere else. Track. I'm going to play you one that you that you might enjoy. Again, I don't think it's conducive to just this album because I thought I've heard it before this, but I'm going to play you this. Fuck being good, I'm a bad bitch. I'm sick of motherfuckers trying to tell me how to live. Wet holes hate under my pictures on the gram. Bitch, you better hope I never run across your man. Uh. In the mall with him, I'ma have a ball with him. Somebody call Rihanna, I'ma buy some drawers with him. He fucking with the staying cause he in the wild women. Put them legs on his head, now he love tall women. Uh. You'll never catch me calling these niggas daddy. I ain't lying by my nut just to make a nigga happy. Lifestyle when a nigga can't fit a magnum. It never happened if the dick wasn't snapping. I'm a hot girl. I do hot shit. Finish shit. Come on my outfit. On my don't text quick. Cause I ain't thirsty. These bitches mad mad. They wanna hurt me. I'm a hot girl. So obviously you, you you have the boys in the hood whatever. This is probably and I th- it's I think everybody heard it on WAP but they didn't know that it was coming. But just the ability to take the number one thing about women in general when it comes to their agency in popular culture mm-hmm. and to be like, nah, fuck that. I'm I'm gonna own every bit of it. You cannot call me a slut. You can't call me a whore. I will gladly tell you that I fuck for money and I don't fuck for money. I do what I want. I'm a bad bitch and you can't fuck with me. Once you take that out of the equation and you have nothing to be like, well, she's just this and that, she's already taken that from you. So listen to the flow, listen to the bars, listen to the lyrics. The number one track on here is called Shots Fired. It's making a joke and talking shit to Tory Lanez, who just, if I'm not mistaken, shot her in the foot. Yeah. Right. And just I'm, got charged I'm with well it. Well, familiar with yes. all of this and still managed to not listen right. to any of her music. But the Shots so, Fired on it I, is just like a hellified diss track. Okay. I and will definitely check that out. Yeah. I, this is one of those what did I was just waiting play on. Me, though? It's called Girls in the Hood. Girls in the Hood. Okay. Yeah. I dig um, it. I dig it. If I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to tell anybody to listen to one, um, of course, Body is the single that's out now. It's a little abrasive in the way that, like, we talked about how people couldn't stand the run the jewels fast, run, run, run it, because there's body, yada, yada, it's going through the entire song. Yeah. So it's a little bit, but if I'm going to tell you to do anything, I really enjoyed, uh, it's, I don't really like the baby because he's just kind of, eh, but Cry Baby featuring him, pretty good. Um, and then... I don't know how you now, pronounce it. I was just having this conversation with a coworker, two coworkers actually, mm-hmm. both about a roughly a decade younger than me, mm-hmm. and I was I was struggling to grasp. So, da baby mm-hmm. and little baby, two different people, two different people. Yeah, that's all I was trying to clarify, yeah. and they clarified it for me very quickly, but um. Okay. Or go crazy with Big Sean and Two Chains. That's a good one. Or any other features on there I would be interested in? Um, Savage remix with Beyonce, maybe if you like. Uh, Young Thug is in Don't Stop. Okay. Um, Young Thug was talking shit about Andre Three Thousand, so uh, scratch that. that off the list. Yeah. Um, there's intercourse with Pop Can and Mustard, but it's it's just it's not even her. It's just okay. like a like a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. give it a shot. I would I'd just give it one listen. Listen to it through, run through the car. Just some of the stuff that people, some of the lines people have, they are of the time. But I'm like that shit'll be funny in like years anyway because right. like it's just how people connect that in the flow and the rhyme they come up with. It's worth it just to listen to like where the lyrics go lyrically, where people are at, whether it's her or the features. 
the music and production behind it is is really is on on point as well. I, I can appreciate that more than anything. Now, WAP or WAP, whatever we're referring to it as, that is a Cardi B track, right? That she Meg is on is featured, on. right? Okay, mm-hmm. and I do love it because Savage with Beyonce, they both talk about the fact that they are from Texas and are from Houston, and I just I don't know I don't that's another it's not a novelty for me it's not a reason I like it but I do like that that you just you don't think of rap when you think of Houston Texas you just don't like it's just not something that you know comes to mind you obviously think of your New York's your Atlanta's your LA's possibly at one point St. Louis and with Nelly and then you know obviously Nolans with you know Wayne but I like I don't know just I think that's a neat place for her to be from and to be talking about in, in her songs and again just the female empowerment of it all like I, I'm not like pandering to it I just I it's I don't want to say it's refreshing but it's just nice to be like oh okay here's somebody who like isn't gonna like be modest about this and isn't I gonna feel, let it be yeah. something that it isn't simultaneously is going to define and not define her because Mm -hmm. it's going to be like, Oh, she's the one that talks about this. Well, yes, she does, but that's not all she's about. And you're not going to put her in a box just because of that. There's more there. The talent is there, you know? And I just really don't want her to go down the line of like, like when I watched the WAP video and when I listen to how they talk Mm -hmm. and what they're talking about in that song, I just get a different vibe from her completely. I don't. Right. I, there's just like there's a goddess Amazon tall boss bitch mentality that comes across from her that it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Cardi B's fun to look at and she's kind of wild and crazy. But like, I would, I so would if I could, Megan Stall, uh, Megan the Stallion. But like anybody else, I could care less about. It. You know what I mean? It's just a weird. I don't know. I enjoy it. I think you'd like it. Good news. Go ahead and hit me with your number seven. All right. My number seven is from one of my new favorite bands. This is their second album. I was highly anticipating it. This still came out in the pre-COVID times. Oh, okay. Uh, And I was bumping right along to it for weeks on end. They did, in fact, make my top five Spotify artists. They were at the number five slot. Oh, okay. Um, The band is Wahada. Oh. And the album is Don't Let Get You Down. (laughs) okay don't let get you down all right and i could pick many favorites but this one and you you're gonna have to go the distance with me on it okay because it's a little lengthy but i think you will find it worth it this song is called marmite Hey. He ain't giving what he told me. She ain't telling me the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Feel that soul. Feel that soul. Feel that soul. Feel that soul, yeah. Feel that soul, feel that soul, yeah. I'm facing what you done. I'm seeing your slugs. I can't believe your love. You're traveling down that road, yeah. I got to say it's true. And everything you do, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to define it. 
I was in a faithless song for a minute. A faithless song, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, and then I thought I was in a streets song for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but Wahada's Casual High Technology was on my 2018 list. Yes, uh, I love them. This is their second one. Liked it even more than the first. <laughs> um, this is the combination, the wonderful peanut butter and jelly combination of Mr. John Tejada and Reggie Watts. Watts, Tejada, Wahada. Okay? Um, and what you just heard is basically just straight up magic. John Tejada just lays down these incredible beds of music, and then Reggie Watts plays a little bit of scent here and there and does some tweaking of his own. Mm-hmm. But um, he pretty much just improvises over these. It's essentially rapping, if you will, but it's not at all. Um, it's his own fucking style and it's amazing. And he can do exactly what you just heard him do, which is go through many different accents and different ranges of his vocal. And he can be super soulful if he wants to. He can also be basically doing a comedy routine in the midst of a dance song and it somehow works. I don't know. Um, the first album very much was like, Oh my God, dude, these guys just took like everything I loved about nineties, like, European EDM basically and all you know and the stuff that was popular your CNC music factories essentially mm-hmm. like stuff of that vibe which I were they like, were all European anyway yeah so I'm saying it was like you're taking that that vibe and like it feels modern but like nostalgic at the same time and it's so unique just because Reggie is so unique but uh, I absolutely love it and uh, here's where we get to the spoiler alert this is the album I bought for dad did you buy him the other one? The first Wahada record? Yeah. No. Okay. I decided to go with this one because... Um, because why just, not? Well, yeah, because why not? And I, I think he will be able to hook into it 
even for some of the more out there experimental stuff because the grooves are just i mean come on man yeah incredible stuff and i think he will get behind reggie's vocal because I, I i know dad just likes soulful vocals so there you go that's what i was thinking about when i told you about jack earlier i was like dad would like this mm-hmm I mean, Dad likes New Jack Swing. So he just—I don't think he knows he likes he doesn't New Jack think, Swing. He knows he knows, but he doesn't know. Um, he would never know to call it New Jack Swing. That's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't know that. It's like, if you just told him, like, "Hey, Dad, you, when they talk about this guy Teddy Riley, that's what uh, when Bobby Brown says." I mean, I made this money, right, Ted? That's who he's talking to. His producer. He also produced all the great every song you love in the '90s, Dad. Teddy Riley produced. Like, if you just told him that. He could understand that, you know, New Jack Swing is his, his jam. You know what we need to do? What's that? We need to get Dad, like, the complete Sade, or is it Sade or Sade? Sade. It's spelled Sade, but it is Sade, right? Yeah, Sade. Yeah. Um, we need to get, like, her anthology and Janet Jackson's anthology, and those should be his Christmas gifts. In addition to Don't Let Get You Down by Wahada, which is my number seven of the year. Uh yeah, okay. I believe that makes it time for your number seven. Yeah, and my and maybe number. you'll check this. Maybe you'll actually listen to Wahada at some point. I, I feel I, like you would really. Love I listen to. The, I mean, I have the first album. Well, down the second out one is even better. Okay, yeah, well, man. I'll check it out on the ride home. Don't let get you down. Right. It is lit. It's seriously. It's like a straight up just a dance party that you never want to leave, and you you listen to it over and over again. Great stuff production's amazing and then like the final track which might be my second favorite after marmite um is just straight up recorded live and sounds incredible Hmm. and it is the epitome of like he literally just made up that song on the spot they were like finding it in the room and it's incredible stuff Hmm. uh love that record can't wait to see what dad thinks of it hopefully he's not like what the fuck is this we'll Hmm. see okay you're number seven I'm gonna give Let's you the keep it rolling. I'm gonna give we you the title. In, All right, just to let you know. I'm gonna give you the title to see if you can tell me the name of the band. If I told you my f- number seven was Beneath the Black Palms, who would you think? I would know that it is Black Audio. Okay, good. How would you know that it's Black Audio? Because I listened to it. Good. What'd you think? I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, what it, more do I need to say? What was your What was your favorite? Because I didn't have like a standout track. I just kind of enjoyed it all. Same thing. I mean, I can't. It's with like. I mean, you do have to pick one to oh, play. Okay, bird, bird sister. Why not? It's not so much like the first one. We all know Stiff Kittens, and then um, I can't think of the name of the other one. But they're the two standouts from the first one that you're like, oh my gosh, 
these were the hits. These what came from out. Sex sells. Right, but I of yes. course like cities of very... cities of night from that one. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's like you know, it's everything. I think that like the later tracks on that album are like the core of what they are. This just seems to be like a because we got it in August. I've I didn't I I should have read on like the production. They long since been like when we're touring, we are doing AFI stuff. We're touring AFI. Black audio is our. That's what we do when we're. we're this our, our chill downtime. and downtime. Like right. we just there is that itch that like if we could have been a European industrial I'm electronic band. So fucking cool that a those guys are still doing it, but right. also that like they're still committed to the original project. Right. Of AFI. And still managing to kind of evolve it, where I feel like a lot of bands from that era and that scene have stayed completely stagnant. Right. They're still like trying new things, but then on top of that, like their their side project, where it's like, yeah, I know some of these guys from those sorts of bands have side projects and right. shit that I've never heard of. I'm sure that are great, but it's like their side project is as good and as interesting as their mainline project, and it is. At the same time, a completely different vibe, and you could see one fan base coming to them through this side, and one coming from the other, and then eventually there's gonna be crossover because it's right. like once you're into Davy's vocals, because there's you're not just enough, there's not enough electronic and like digital influence on the later AFI albums that are even a departure from where I came back to them. I feel like, like that really came in the, on what the, was the what was Miss Murder on when they kind of got December real big, right? And uh, from, yeah, if that had from what the I'm understanding, most electronics to me that is to that when, point. But I, if I'm not mistaken, that is when the conversation started of what about this and that. Like they already knew each other. They both had like I don't know if you've ever heard it, but they're they're um, they did a cover of "You Spin Me Right Round," mm-hmm. and I'm just like this is perfect for yeah. them. Like that it's it's nice that. They have evolved as a band because I've been watching a lot of what Hunter and his girlfriend have been doing in quarantine, mm-hmm. and it's neat because he'll come out on Instagram and he'll literally play an entire song, just the baseline of it, mm-hmm. how it goes, and you can still hear the music of right. like, oh shit, that's bad. Yeah, you realize man. how core the yeah, the you're like, okay, I get songs. it. Yeah, and so just to have the two of them is like, I don't know if. I don't know what their plans were for any kind of touring for AFI. I, they just put out the, I think it's the Blood album is the last one they came out with. Or they did a the Missing Man EP. That was a, I believe that was last December. So it was kind of like, okay, that wasn't a full album. Probably can expect either the other straight, they, Jade and him have a straight edge band project as well. They have another spinoff. There's three different things that they work on, AFI right. being the main one. Um so when this, this was a, I wasn't, I don't ever check for black audio because I get it. I listen to it. I love it. I don't ever That's worry about it. I was going to say this specifically. I didn't know it was out until months later. Mm-hmm. And I was very pissed at Spotify for not even randomly suggesting it. And also I do check the new release list every Friday. And of course they only have like the top. Yeah. 50 most promoted ones that are released that day or whatever the you know relative number is mm-hmm. and it just it never i had to direct search it it never came up in any of my related yeah. listens or anything and i was just like it was a nice surprise right but it also i was like how did the algorithm even given my other taste i haven't listened to like a ton of afi on spotify but just 
I listened to a lot of NXS. I listened to Depeche Mode. I listened to Joy Division. Like, why would it not come up? It would have been funny if it gave you Dream Car. That would have made me... That would Okay. Like, that's hilarious that you um, got Dream So that's Car. Under the Black Palms, correct? Right. Uh, yes, an album I thoroughly enjoyed as well. It was on my honorable mentions. Okay. It was my number 15, actually. Oh. Uh, if you really wanted to know that. Yeah, this uh, is their other... Well, it hasn't had anything in, 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 since 2014, but uh, this was their other like straight edge thing in 2014. They did just a one off album. What's it, co- it called? What's I guess it's Extremist. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Extremist. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So, but I think that was a one off thing because it's now pretty much Dream Car, Black Audio, AFI, and I'm really well, open I need to check out Dream Car as well. Okay. I played you Dream Car before. You have? No, I need to. I need to actually because like, I told you it was all the guys that were them. in No Doubt without Gwen Stefani anymore. <laughs> um. Well, I've been on a run on my list thus far. Uh, we've been in the electronic space. We've been exploring. Explore the space! Um, we've been exploring it. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to cap it off. This is the last like electronic-centric album. Uh, it feels weird to even identify it that way. They're one of my favorite bands. They've been on previous lists. It's Future Islands. I knew that was going to be on your list. Uh, did you listen to this one? Oh, I did, yeah. Crossover? No. Nope. No, Jesus Christ. All I right. enjoy it, but I um, mean... The album is called As Long As You Are, or Aliyah for the initiated. That's how we've been abbreviating it for the last six months while we waited for it to come out. Really interesting in the wake of this coming out to learn that they essentially kind of disregard the far field, the previous record, which was my number two album of the year it came out, <laughs> second only to... Mahaline by uh, Y. I probably just butchered that again. It's been quite a while. But those two were like neck and neck fighting it out. Mm -hmm. And so I was initially, like when I was reading some of these interviews about the current album, I was a little like, oh shit, dude. You guys are like putting down the one that like, I don't know that it's my favorite, but like it is top to bottom the most accessible and like just a great stacked track list Mm -hmm. um, of an album. But they talk about how they felt like it was kind of rushed, that they felt like they had to have some, they had a deadline imposed on them because it was like, okay, you guys just blew up from this Letterman performance. You've had an album out, you've been touring, now you got to go in and make the new thing. And um, basically, they felt like it was a little rushed, their hearts weren't totally in it. And I'm like, guys, if this is you faking it, what the hell is like the new chapter going to be? And what it is, is probably their best album to date. Okay. Um, this is incredible stuff. Uh, the only reason it is my number six is because I got some bangers in the top five. I hope you do. Uh, so I am going to play for Gavin, I think, what would easily be his favorite song on the album. Whether he has actually gotten to this one or not, who knows. Uh, I will also mention, I mentioned on a previous episode on this feed, but I got to watch them do the album premiere live stream which was incredible. It's the only live show they're going to play this year, and it was nice to be a little tiny part of it. Uh, they, yeah, they were absolutely incredible and played not just more than half of this album, but pretty much just a greatest hits lineup of like fan favorites. Great, great show. Uh, but for right now, I'm going to play for you the closer off of As Long As You Are by Future Islands. This is Hit The Coast. Feel 
Okay. Yeah, hit from our uh, two by two retro review of Surf Ninjas earlier yes. this year, as some of you may remember. Yep. Uh, but yeah, great closing track. Maybe my favorite closer on any of the albums, which is saying something. Yeah. Uh, just great stuff, top to bottom. I can think Sam of like twenty Harry movies can... to in that in that absolutely with, with that song. Uh, yeah. And the videos they have done so far are incredible. I encourage you to check them out. Sam Herring is just he's a fucking poet, dude. And he just sings with 110% of his heart every single time. Um, I absolutely love Future Islands. And this, right now, I mean, I haven't done a proper, like, revisit of the entire discography in a while. And maybe it's the newness factor, but this this might be the best thing they've ever done. I, I really love it. This is As Long As You Are uh, by Future Islands, to remind you. And it is my number six. Gavin's going to give us his number six, and then we are going to get into the top five a full hour and 20 minutes into this episode. Yee, yee, yee. All right. I mean, you are going to cut down like some of the music tracks, right? You, I mean, you're not just going to sit there and play them on your phone, right? A hundred percent. Okay, good. Every, we're going to play the entirety of Marmite. Okay. The, I want them to sue us. I want them to sue us. I was going to say, yeah, please sue us. That's the one thing about Run the Jewels when I was like, and he's playing a lot of these songs. I'm like, they aren't. They can't. I mean, they gave it away for free. Who cares? Like, they're not going to come. But also, I was like, what if they did come after us? That would be so. Then we'd like, have to see them in court. Them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I would. <laughs> that's the only reason why I'd want them to. Yeah. I get to meet them in court. Just and yeah, to get like one one line of a song written about you on RTJ Five, where they're just like, fuck these fuck boys, <laughs> these Pledger brothers, <laughs> these Pledger brother fuck boys, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm not writing it for you, Mike. You gotta, you gotta yeah. do that yourself. Uh, okay, where are we at? Your number six. Man. My number six. I have to. I have to ask you I, how this to figure... might be a two beer episode. Yeah, I it mean, might be. You know what? Let me give you my number six, and we can take a little break because somebody might have to go to the bathroom. We're drinking water over here all, all, all afternoon. <laughs> Drinks a lot, a lot of soda. Um, it miss anthrop picking it in the moment right now. No, no, like, oh, I can't. No, no, I can't. I don't know how to pronounce this. Miss Anthropomocene. Promoth- may, I may I take a look? It's Grimes' new album. We can't Mrs. leave. Musk yeah, Miss Musk. Yeah. What if that was her new name? What if she just came out as Miss Musk? Like Miss Anthropocene and Anthropocene. I don't know. I don't know. Play something for me from this bad boy, because I haven't listened to Grimes since uh, the one with the skull on it. Oblivion? Yeah, it's great. I yeah. mean, she's great, but I haven't listened to her. I, literally, that's the only album I know is Oblivion, which I do listen to a couple times a year, probably. Um, and I, I should look on my Spotify. Well, this is the single, so I'll, I'll give you the single that came out. Give me the single. I haven't listened to any of this. When did this come out? This year. 
This came out what? before this. Really? It came out this year? Yes. The year we're doing an yes. episode? It came out this year. That shit's wild. 2020, dude. dude. Fucking wild. Just when it was getting good, you're going to turn it down. Yeah. I was going to say, I was on the verge of like, I, I was on the verge of being like, why the fuck does Gavin, why is Gavin able to listen to this? I've recommended so many Knife albums to him and he's never like responded. Yeah. Um, I can dig it. All yeah. right. I didn't realize she had new music out mm-hmm. and I will give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, Oblivion is kind of a little mini masterpiece. Though. Yeah. That's a great album. Oh yeah. Uh, What's this one called again? I'm gonna make you say it. <laughs> oh god damn it! I miss, trapped Miss Miss Anthropocene. 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 Second O too hard. Anthropocene. It's like if you Anthropocene. put Anthropocene. Yeah. It's like if you it's put not Miss Anthropocene again. To be clear, it is Miss Musk now. Miss Musk. It is, yes. And whatever the hell they named their child. They have a kid now. Are they married, or are they just dating? Yes and yes, or just a baby, no marriage. I don't know. Who knows It is that. strange. I don't like the age gap. Uh, what are you going to do? Grime going to grime. <laughs> Noah, if you founded eBay or PayPal, whatever the fuck you did, and now you, like, who, he's celebrating this year. That fucking stock is bananas, okay? Watch it. Because he's going to be the dude. He's already got us going to space. He's got. He, you talk about somebody who's trying to save the world. I mean, come on, dude. Okay, Electric so, cars. Dude, SpaceX. This, this right here. So I was at a wedding <laughs> earlier this year, and Elon Musk came up for a moment or whatever. And <laughs> all I, what are you, wait, all you I met him? Did, no. You talked to him? <laughs> yeah, he came up. We talked for a bit. Cool guy. And I was like, um, hey, man. No, he came get up rid in conversation. He, he came up in conversation, and all I said was like, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the guy as a dude. And people immediately got so defensive yeah. to the point where they were just like, dude, he's a fucking genius. Like, no, like he's just what? smart. And I was just like, he played. Uh, I was just like, I just, again, most of my reservations come from the Grimes marriage and everything and the whole dynamic of the relationship, the kid, all of that stuff. I'm just like, it was a little fucking weird. And it, granted, he's most like people that are that wealthy are extremely eccentric and fucking weird as hell. Yeah. But they can get away with it essentially um i but again i just politely said like i'm not in love with the guy basically and everybody was like what what how dare you speak ill of mr musk and i <laughs> yeah. was just like oh shit i didn't realize people took him this i didn't seriously. realize i was at his party holy fuck yeah <laughs> somebody just hits a button on their belt and they just shoot up into space like <laughs> elon can you believe what this kid said yeah Okay. I have no I problem with like the guy, but I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't I want to hang out with him. I don't really have a problem with yeah. him either, but again, I'm just not like worshiping at his feet. And right. I feel like people are like, but why not? But why not? He's Tony Stark, right? Right. I don't yeah, know. no. Tesla still costs like 40 grand. No, thank you. When and I can I mean, get one for a couple look, thousand bucks. They look all right. I, look I mean, okay. dude, I, I don't like know. my Honda Fit. I like my Honda Fit. Have you ever ridden in one? It's no. just a giant. Dude, literally, there's a. There's a 
debit card that you set in mm-hmm. the center that turns your car on. When you get close to the car, the door handles open up for you. And there's just a giant 15-inch screen that just, that's it. That's all you got. You got a drive button, a screen, and you better hope for your key. Just, you set it on a little opener thing and you're good. It's amazing. Like, and you, like, if you tell it where you want to go, it'll tell you, hey, take this route because you can stop here. And it's five cents a, a minute to charge. Most things take under 20 minutes to charge. Okay. Never have to pay for gas again. Shit's wild, bro. The way of the future. The way of the, the way future. The, future. the, way, the way of the, the future. future. And with that, let's take I think a, it's time to take a uh, a little pee break. Ba- 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 and then we're gonna be back ba- ba- with the top five top five albums of 2020. Let's get a word from our sponsors. That's right, people. Rerun the Jewels is now available in its entirety on this very feed. Go check it out. And we're back, uh, just like that. Uh, Hope you enjoyed those wonderful an, messages an from our sponsors. For you, uh, more like fifteen minutes for us. Right. All right, we are back to round out the year in music. We're going to lock it in. We're going to lock it down, yes. lock it up, left and right, whatever. Uh, whose turn is it? You're going to start. Do we want to switch? Well, you know, we always like to do a flop. Yeah, yeah, you sure. Flop we can flip, flippity floppity fish on this. We don't have this. to, no, because I, I, I think your number one is uh, probably the one I would like to end with. So let's keep going with the current structure. So okay. that would be my number five. Right. Alrighty. Okay. This one was an early, early contender for my top slot. Uh, it was up there for a couple months. And, you know, slowly got overtaken. But I still love it. still think it's great. Uh, probably the most critically acclaimed album top to bottom on, on my list. It's Fetch the Bolt Cutters from Fiona Apple. We talked about it earlier this year. Oh, yeah. I did a listening party podcast with uh, Mr. Sunshine Mayfield. And I, I'm trying to remember what I played on there. I don't think I played what I'll play for you right now. But uh, this was, you know... I, she's taken big gaps between albums before, so it wasn't like, oh my god, she's like... This is a huge comeback record or anything like that. It was more just like, oh, by the way... Um, she released one of the best albums of her career, mm-hmm. and yeah, she's incredible. I've always enjoyed her, but never been like a, a diehard, and this is actually one that made me like, oh, maybe I should go back and like start with Tidal, which has one of, a Criminal is like one, probably one of my ten favorite songs of all time. Is Slow Like Honey on that? Uh, I think that is on Tidal as well. That's my I favorite song she's ever done. Um, but anyways, uh... Vegetable cutters, incredible top to bottom. Uh, there's been plenty written about it. Everybody kind of knows the. It was mostly recorded at her home. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of improvised percussion, a lot of interesting, very experimental for what is one of the you know the big critical darlings of the year across the board from all sorts of outlets. It is interesting that it's kind of out there in parts and mm-hmm. uh, just a hundred and ten percent Fiona Apple. I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, 
tough call, but I, I think this one this will play a nice little section. Let's go with Heavy Balloon. It's about midway through the album uh, and has one of my favorite refrains, uh, choruses, hooks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you'll know it when you hear it. This is Heavy Balloon from Miss Fiona Apple off of Fetch the Bolt Cutters. People like us, we play with a heavy balloon. Keep it up to keep the devil at bay, but it always falls way too soon. People like us, we play with a heavy balloon. We keep it up to keep the devil at bay, but it always falls way too soon. People like us, we play with a heavy balloon. We keep it up to keep the devil at bay, but it always falls way too soon. Again, hard to pick a favorite. I don't even know if that's my favorite on the album, but uh, it's Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I don't really have anything to contribute to the conversation other than the the rawness, the, the unvarnished feel definitely comes through throughout. Um, it feels imp- improvisational in certain aspects. And again, the, the kind of random percussion is kind of the highlight of the album. A lot of different interesting stuff going on there. And then, of course... Her voice itself, which is quite the instrument, oh, and yeah. she does some insane runs on this album and some like just octave transition, all that like very technical singy stuff that just like certain people make completely effortless. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of that on this. So yeah, that's my number five. Fetch the bolt cutters from Fiona Apple. We've officially kicked off the top five. This is beer number two. All right. All right. Hit me with your five, brother. Number five is Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. Okay. I I did not actually listen to this. I believe I've heard the main single. Which is? Refresh. I don't know the name of it, but as soon as you tell me, I'm going to be like, oh, I hear that three or four times a day at work. Oh, well, the main single I know of is Starting Over, but the one that I listen to that I love is Cold, and that's what I'm going to play you now. Um, that is the big single, buddy. That is the big single? They play it every day at work. They do? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll have to play it for you then. Um, great song. You can play we'll Starting Over if you want. Um, um, just the production we'll and the, up, the pulling in and then the guitar and just the voice. My favorite off the album. Until the way you broke my heart Shattered like rocks in the window Thought we had it so good I never really saw this coming Oh, why you got to be so cold Why you got to go and cut me 
didn't realize it was a single. I didn't realize because there was no. I don't. I, it dropped. A I mean, they weeks may ago. Have waited a while, but yeah, I can tell you, I, I legit three or four times a day. If I work nine hours in a day, I hear it at hmm. least three or four times. What are the What are they playing it on? Is it just uh, the bridge? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's basically the rock station there. Current. I think they dip back a bit, but hmm. honestly, like they don't go too far back. Hear a lot of Pearl Jam. A lot of like early 90s. But yeah, and then they play everything up. You know, they play like 21 Pilots and like stuff like that too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's the the alternative station, I would say, Hmm. that throws some classics in there. Okay. But yeah, no, they love, they love that Chris Stapleton. Dude, that's what I, this album more and more than ever, I've always said it. I keep forgetting that I've seen him live. Yeah. This, I, this is a there's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of like talking about, you know, what it what it what he is, what he means with like how he fits into things. And a lot of people have put a lot into the whole thing. He like the last song is about Nashville and how like mm-hmm. the town will make you love it and it's always going to be a part of you, but it ultimately it's 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 not what you think it is and after you spend a little bit of time there you realize, you know, I don't have to be in Nashville to make whatever kind of music I want to. Certainly, I feel like that era is kind of gone in country yeah. music in general, especially when I've said it before, we've said it before. You go down Music Row there, it's like the same five or six people make the same type of music for country fans, and I just wish that he could maybe pull like a Sturgill Simpson and just be branded as a musician. And not a country artist or a blues artist. It's easy to put. I mean, as we just talked about the Grammys, put him in country. He'll be nominated for something because we like to put things in genres. But I love the idea of not. And if this guy went off and just did a straight up blues record playing every old blues song. song, Yeah, and you could call it it blues or whatever. But it's essentially, it's just singer songwriter music. Right. It's just whatever vibe he particularly wants to go with. Whether it wants to be more country or blues influence is kind of irrelevant. Because he is the, to the point where he is a solo artist. He's not a member of a band. No. There's no artifice around it. He is You could argue that like it's him and his wife. Because she, they, they, their, their partnership in that is amazing. He has like a touring crew, of course. But I'm saying like, I assume that there's none of those people are are influencing the songwriting directly. Other than maybe his wife. Yeah. Um. But I will definitely check it out. I knew I knew in my head that he had something out, and I've been hearing the single. But I just I hadn't list. I haven't taken the time to listen oh, to the record. Oh, it's all just the. He's recurred on several lists. We've seen him live together with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. A really good show. Fantastic live. And Marty Liz, Stewart Liz, too. Yeah. man, that was a me. That was a fun. One fucking of those night. people that like, if this is how you personally judge a live act, um, sounded as good or better than mm-hmm. he does on record oh, in yeah. person. There is no. There's nothing being added or taken away from that voice on record. Nope. It is just... A hot, oh what God. you see is what you get, and what yes. you get is what you hear. It's all, yeah. And oh. not to mention, like, probably... This sounds weird for me to say it, because people don't... I don't I don't think people take him seriously. Tell me a better... Between him... I'm trying to put it together a tiny list in my head. I got him and John Mayer and maybe one other people alive now that I would put up as, like some of the best guitar artists like using the guitar of in our lifetime generation i mean like i mean modern the, day to me you don't have anybody else you want to throw into the conversation like uh dude whoever what what's his name from uh, uh war on drugs 
and maybe possibly uh, there's a huge one you're missing here who it's like the only living guitar god who not living guitar god but the only one currently still making music who jack white well what yeah the yeah, fuck yeah, are yeah, we yeah, talking yeah, about white, yeah dude? i mean chris stapleton great there's some great guitars but you are talking and and mayor we can decide i don't know if he had a record this year but we can talk know. about mayor for a second because i adore continuum mm-hmm. and the record right after that i don't even remember the name of because i fucking hated it mm-hmm. because i listened to continuum and i was like dude okay i got shit for liking you on the f- the first like album right and then i was kind of like i backed off of you a little bit but then it became cool to like you again because you went away and all of a sudden you're an amazing guitarist what right. the hell happened did you go to the crossroads and sell your soul i don't know yeah. what happened and then the next album it's like oh yeah i'm gonna zig though i'm gonna go back to doing these like acoustic ballads and stuff like yeah i just remember listening to it and being like what happened to the guitar man because you know what it is you listen to slow dance in a burning room and you're like holy shit there it is there it is, that little, that that twins of blues right at the last little bit. You're like, and the, give me more of that. The live stuff he was doing around that time with like the John Mayer trio, all that sort of stuff, great. And then I was just like, why the pivot? Why? I guess he was like, I said it all. I got the respect. I got all the accolades and everything. Now I can go back to doing my like, you know. Yeah, he's in on the joke now. He gets it. He knows what it is. He knows. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just, that, that was always kind of a bummer to me. But I do think he's a fantastic guitarist, as I do think Chris Stapleton is as well. And I also think neither one of them could hold a candle to Jack White because he is like Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix level status where it's like he he's like channeling something. It's not yeah. like it's not human. It he definitely get an erection every time he plays. For sure. Yeah, like, I get it. Yes. I mean, and there's still there's still legends that are still playing. I'm just and thinking every of like show is a seven nation army march to that climax. <laughs> okay. He's always thinking about your doorbell and when you his doorbell Era, or when you're gonna ring. How it. have we managed to do this voice every, every single, single time? Episode. It's like our trademark. Anyway, good. Give me your fourth. It's definitely not our trademark. It's my trademark. Um, I can't do that. Why? Because I can't. Why can't you give me number four? Because I don't want to. Why? Because I think it'll come up later. So just say it and move we'll see along. if we need to. No, 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 just say it and we'll have to table I it. I don't want to step on your toes. Can we move along? What is your number four? <laughs> okay. This is where the flop occurs. Okay. My I was being trying to be courteous and just move right past it and table it, but you had to make a whole fucking thing of it. Alright, cool. My number four <laughs> is supervision. Hey, calm, calm down, dude. <laughs> Calm down, bro. <laughs> Your number four is what? Supervision. LaRue. Supervision. Oh, okay. I think I uh, I told you about this one. You I think did. You discovered that it existed. Yeah, I was thoroughly surprised. Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen. Um, I don't think you were too hot on it, well, and I initially wasn't because it I wasn't did. bulletproof. It wasn't the first two albums. That's what I was going to say. I fucking love her. I and it grows on you. This is an interesting side story. Real quick, before you tell me the track you really... I, okay. I tried to give this one a proper shot, but all it made me want to do was go back and listen to the first two records. The second of which I completely slept on, dude. Um, to the point where all our my Spotify things came out. I've mentioned it already. Um, mm-hmm. My, like I'm the only person who got one. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> my buddy did send me... <laughs> 
Oh God, I'll show this to you. Uh, you're you're familiar with Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay, this is a pretty classic meme, I would say, at this point. It's been used for a lot of material. Uh, this, of course, is good old Newman from mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. Wayne Knight. Yeah. Um, sitting at the table. The in Costa Rica. Cares. Did you read this? No, I didn't read, read it. From I, here. I, no. Hey, everybody, this guy just posted a Spotify year in review. See, nobody cares. <laughs> because literally that's all everybody was doing today. And I was like, yeah, buddy, you took me down a peg or two. I see you didn't post it on yours. You fucking smart ass. Whatever. Okay. Hope you're listening, Nick. Uh, stay safe in New York. Okay. Um, excuse me. LaRue. Okay. Yeah. What did it make you she, want to do? No. She is the only artist who made it onto my year-end stuff. That wasn't from this year. It was from other stuff, yeah. Kiss and Not Tell from the second record mm-hmm. was my number three most played song of this year because it has one of the most like addictive synth lines I've ever heard in my entire life. It is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I I wanted to love Supervision and like get back into her. I was not crazy about it on my first listen. So what... Which one do you want to play, and what do you recommend? Because maybe I just need to give it another shot. I just like immediately faded back into the first two albums and was like, "Oh, I forgot how great these are." So, um, I don't know. That's. I mean, I'm not trying to. I don't know which one you would. I don't want to try and p- play one that's gonna like. We'll s- play one sell for the people you. for all the, for you know, all the twenty people listening. Okay, man. Well, play it for them. Pe- don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it for you. Do it for other. Do it for the fans. Okay. Do it for the fans. <laughs> do it for the fans. Oh, okay. If I'm gonna pick one for the fans, um, uh, let's do automatic driver. like a feature on a title of the creator title of the creator that's what mm-hmm. I uh, yeah all right and i do like that one mm-hmm. i there weren't you know i didn't hate it right i just was not like i didn't find those like singular tracks where i was like like uh kiss and hot tell for instance or cruel sexuality from that same album or uh, sex attack or you yeah know, any of them yeah yes uh, there's that just i was just like oh these are going to be automatic repeats forever which like the first album has like five of those yeah so the tiger lily in for the kill bulletproof yeah. all of them yeah it's all good stuff we'll uh, see if i'm not mistaken maybe i'm wrong i don't want to speak out of turn 
I think between the first and the second, or maybe between first and second, she had some kind of vocal surgery or had something go on where she was told like you can't sing for a while. Mm. Some kind of thing, and I. But like, I I listened to the second one. And I'm like, she's on the same level as she was with the the well, self there's de- still de- a, debut. There's a bit of a gap between the first two, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you you forget the first one comes out. I mean, yeah. hard to do. And as much as we want to give them shit, and what should we just said, oh, they don't matter. But first debut album, best electronic album of the year, Grammy, mm-hmm. like. Anything I don't does that put you behind the eight ball? You got to be the best, like moving forward. I don't know, but I'm just there's my heart will always be there for Ellie Jackson. I can't I can't not. I think she's amazing. I would I I I don't see her doing a lot with other artists that she did kind of right after the first two. Mm-hmm. But I would love it if people were just like, can you get on my song? Can you do this? Can you do something? Because her voice is fucking amazing. I just something about it. It just there's a, just weird place that Let's I go to when I a double album going with her and Ray Gun. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be, be great. Awesome. All right, so this is your number three. This is my number three, and we're we're getting a little long in the tooth, so I am going to be very direct and to the point, just like this band. They are called Idols. They're from the UK. I've been telling you about them for the last two years. They are one of my new favorite bands. Their latest album, entitled Ultra Mono, came out just a couple months ago, and it has not been far from my Spotify at all times. I'm going to get this thing on vinyl. I absolutely love it. It is a top-to-bottom masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. I think it's their best of the three LPs thus far. That is saying something. I believe I had Joy as an Act of Resistance, their previous record, as one of my top 20 of the decade. Hmm. So uh, take that for what it's worth. I am going to play for you a song called Rains. Here we go. How does it feel to have blue blood coursing through your veins? not built for all of that distortion yeah which is incredible those are if you can believe it those are horns like yeah. distorted to shit the no it's definitely sounded like uh trouble from uh what's his face uh 
Snake Eyes? Snake Eyes, Trouble, yeah. Snake Eyes, wait, Snake Eyes is the band, Trouble is the song? Right. Correct. Yeah. We always fuck this up. We do. That's what um, it sounded like. When I heard the horn, I was like, oh, that's that's that instrument, whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah. So anyways, I love every single track on this album. That just happens to be my personal favorite because it just hits, man. It's so good. Uh, there's been plenty of interesting articles written about, you know, they're, they're a band that a lot of people love to hate right now. And they're also a band that a lot of people are just like, fuck you if you think I'm stupid for liking them. And I guess I'm more in that camp. Why I think do people if, hate them? Um, there's a lot of people who feel like the, um, you know, socially conscious aspect of most of their music, the political aspects of their music is uh, a little, uh, I don't know if you want to call it bandwagoning or like uh, virtue signaling or whatever terms people like to use for it but they think it's uh not genuine i guess unearned Um, what i don't get yeah which i i think if you like listen to their albums or watch any interviews with joe talbot the lead singer like it's very clear that and they're extremely transparent like to the point where that could be that could be the criticism is like this shit's just too direct and simplistic and it's not and that is a criticism of them as well people think that they're they're to like oh it's just all like you know chanty choruses and stuff and like there's not much it's a lot of repetitive lyrics and shit and i'm like there's i get that the the song i just played you is not a great example but uh there's a lot of variety there's a lot of energy and there's a a purpose and a point to a lot of it and again the the people that they're kind of targeting with making music in this fashion are the people that need a lot of these messages that they're exploring yeah. And I don't think that can be overstated enough. So, again, anytime, I guess, you know, it's always going to be fashionable to be like, oh, yeah, you're just doing that for show or that, that sort of mentality, which is ultimately just like a, we don't want to actually address all the stuff that you're trying to speak about mm-hmm. um, in your music. So we're just going to divert by saying that, like, oh, you're full of shit. I, mean, I think people said the same thing about The Clash and uh, pretty, pretty much sure any other too, as rock well. band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, What's if, a Sandinista? Um, yeah. Well, and if you're living in England at this time, you said they're from the UK, right? Yes. Yeah, you got a lot. That's basically my window into British politics because I don't follow British politics at all. But I've pretty much got the gist of it from listening to their last Dude, two they records. got hoodwinked the same way we did. Yeah. They got a bunch of people in there who thought, hey, we need to get out of this league. Fuck this league. And when they realized what it would mean, they were like, well, wait, we should probably stop it. And it was like, nope, the deal is if you say yeah, you're leaving, you're leaving. Done. And you can't leave. You you can't say you want to leave and then not leave. If you're going to leave, you got to leave. Yeah. And they got hoodwinked. That's the same thing. Yeah. Happened in France as well. It's happening all over the world. Luckily, we did our part and we kind of stemmed the tide a little bit. So um, There's a great line essentially about Brexit um, in, later on in that song that I may, I may play that section. But it's... Um, you know, it's been, how does it feel to have blue blood flowing through your veins? But then it becomes, um, how does it feel to have won the war that nobody wants? Yeah. Essentially. And I was like, when that, the changeover that happens when that comes in, because it's been so repetitive, it's just like, that's why you do repetition in songs, because it makes the yeah. transitions and the differences hit even harder. And when I heard that for the first time, I was like, dude, that's one of those, like, chisel it somewhere that's one simple yes 
totally agree but one of the better lyrics they've ever written <laughs> so um okay that's my number three it's ultramano from idols talked about them way longer than i planned to i love this band uh your number three mm-hmm. yes Three fifteen twenty. childish gambino D- literally and i'm ashamed to say did not even know that this existed. Childish Gambino put out a record this year. Mm-hmm. It is some other stuff that he's done before that maybe at least just There's not actual titles for the song. It was essentially like a hard drive. I yeah. did listen to... Th- Dude, I swear to God, I thought that was last year. Yep. <laughs> yep. Listen. Oh, yep. That's what, it. A, what a year it's been. I know <laughs> I... Yeah, it okay. essentially plays like you can literally... Like it's a start of a track and he's just giving you minutes to stop in. like you could listen to it all as one the idea be like he had the whole thing going and was just like i'll like put it stops just, it was right, a whole right, right. giant one track mm-hmm. and he just broke it up just because and i don't i don't know if there's a way to listen to it without like you're still going to have changeovers regardless right. but i mean you could play literally algorithm you could play time with ariana grande there's 1238 with uh 21 savage and I'm trying to remember what my and I, I, I was, I'd have to go through and yeah. like check, but yes, I, I will pick one out because yeah. I did. I swear to God, I thought this was. I know you think it is, and okay. you're like, holy shit. I'm not saying it would have like immediately jumped up into my top ten, but I did enjoy what I remember from it, so I will check that out and I'll yeah. pick out a track to drop in for people. That's what is it? The actual what's it? Three fifteen twenty. Three fifteen twenty. From Childish King. Is it Awaken, my love? Is that the... Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, back to me for my number two. Is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, this is a year when my, my number one and two fluctuated quite a bit. I've been back and forth on it, but I've, you know, I had to make the list at some point. So, my number two favorite album of 2020 is Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. By Perfume Genius. I don't know if we have discussed my absolute adoration of Perfume Genius at all um, this year or prior, uh, which really just 
became aware of him uh, within the maybe the last two years. It feels weird to say. I'm going to say it because we can technically still say it. Friend of the podcast, Yoni Wolf. Yeah. Um, Whoa, we're name dropping, dude. Talked Holy about shit. the incredible production on Perfume Genius's, I think it's two records prior to this maybe one record prior but the album is called no shape it's produced by blake mills who also produced this and he talked about how he thought it was maybe singularly like the most well-produced album maybe of all time <laughs> and so i was like who's this perfume genius guy i go check him out and i'm like oh shit i actually know one or two of these songs mm-hmm. from this album i've heard them like tangentially in movies etc and so I dive in a bit, but you know I don't. I don't take the plunge, if you will. Right, you dip your toe in. Exactly, I toe dipped, and then set my heart on fire immediately comes out way earlier this year. Again, another one that feels like it came out forever ago, and it is my most individual album. It is my most listened to of the year by far. Um, two songs from this album showed up in my top five most played tracks on Spotify. But I'm not going to play either one of them for you right now. I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. This might be considered like not maybe one of the weaker tracks on the album, if you can even say that. Um, But immediately on first listen and has remained such, it is absolutely my favorite um, from this record. And it's called Leave. Set my heart on fire that one for you because i knew you would have that exact reaction uh-huh. um and it's essentially a, a little shell game because it's not quite what he sounds like on every track okay does it every once in a while mm-hmm. um but this is definitely him like putting on a nick cave vibe for this track i it feels like you would nick like cave it. and a little Trying bit to... the guy from live gracious. i'm, I'm like, not gonna hate yeah. on you there because i secretly like love live yeah so who doesn't love live 
I don't know, assholes? Yeah. Probably. Okay. The dolphins cry, but Noah. Just to just to give you this is gonna be really quick, I'm not even gonna play it in the episode, but just to give you like a little bit of his range of vocals and oh you might actually maybe we'll play this one in the episode because this this one might hook old old gavin this is without you That's Blake Blake Mills, producer, playing that guitar. Who's Blake Mills? Maybe the best working, like, the best producer in the world right now. Based on this album and several others. Check him out. He also has solo work of his own. Um, He's just the dude right now for a certain, like, you know, subsect of people who can afford to work with him, I guess. But he's, like... He's the shit, dude. I don't know. He play, He's a multi-instrumentalist as well. He just has an ear. You need to, if you check out this album at all, I beg of you, do it with headphones or do it in your car with good speakers. Like, I am butchering it right now as far as I'm concerned. In the room. I'm right. going to drop it in. It'll sound better for people. Right. The layers, the just the instincts of like when to bring an element. It's, he's just one of those guys where you truly feel like his stamp on stuff when mm-hmm. he's working with da- almost like I guess you know but it's not it's not samey in the way that I would say a lot of like Rick Rubin production choices of the last 10 years are for instance right. um and granted he's still you know he's been doing it for a long time but he's you know I guess new in the eyes of a lot of people that are gonna now want to work with him this is one of the most well-received albums of the year as well um very critically acclaimed what's it called again the album is called set my heart on fire immediately okay and the artist is perfume genius his name is mike hadris i believe is how you say his name uh, but the stage name is perfume genius yes i, I feel like the, i know i've read something about this before you probably know the song slip away from the album no shape because uh, it was definitely used in a handful of things and i feel like you may have randomly come across it probably i feel like you you might really have a new a new favorite on your hands. You should definitely check out Perfume Genius. Hmm. Uh, it's my second favorite of the year. Over to you for your number two. My number two favorite of the year is one we've talked about ad nauseum. We did a whole episode on it. It's Run the Jewels 4. Well, now I definitely know what's number one. Yep. Which I thought this might be, but now I feel better that in solidarity, neither one of us had in our number one slot. Right. Um, because, again... We did a whole fucking episode on it. You know how much we love it. 
Um, and to be clear, it is the album of 2020. When we both said this. Right, we said time, it before. And I said at the time, I was like, there are things that I think I would rank higher on my personal list. But if you want to talk about an album of the moment. If you need to put, if you need to put a time capsule together for this shitty fucking year, this is one of the best and bright spots. I'm just, this is the one that's going to age where it's like when you look back and it's like, oh, what were the best albums of 2020? Regardless of where it comes out right now, at the end of this year, when you're looking back on it, it's going to be the only one that you remember as like, that was 2020. Right. That album was 2020. Um, we get, I mean, I'm not, we, we talked through all the tracks. We don't have to pick one right now. I'll throw in whatever. I would also encourage you to scroll back a little bit on your feed and check out Rerun the Jewels, episodes one through four, available Right now, still waiting on those emails to hear if anybody wants <laughs> episode five. Please just email let us. us know. Please email us, guys. Thearchivy, gmail.com. Yeah, please. And let us know your albums of the year, which I already asked you to do on the previous episode. I know you didn't listen because it was two and a half hours long, and we apologize. My money's on Leto. Uh, let's... God damn it. Babe, his number? money's on Leto. <laughs> Babe, his money's on Leto. God damn it. We're not doing that until the end. I'm not letting... Dude, I fucking almost threw up driving home last time okay i could not stop laughing from laughter we should yes. specify not yes just you know not the deer i hit the laughter <laughs> uh, i did get a fucking flat tire by the way the last time i came down here and recorded oh shit i literally sat on the side of the road for like an hour dude yeah. roadside assistance yeah balls i would i would have I would highly recommend anybody who buys tires from Discount Tire, not a sponsor, pay the twenty dollars and get the lifetime thing. Took that shit up there the next day. They put me a brand new tire on. Hell yeah! No, wait a minute. Have we recorded since we have? It was it was literally the day before the election had happened. I don't know if I oh. I didn't tell you when we came and I came out here last time. Yeah, you did not. Okay. Um, Hope I didn't jinx myself. Number one, go for it. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. We, never mind, we said it all. What am I talking about? Yeah. My number one. Okay, I guess we're here already. I, I feel like I didn't build up to it properly. I told you I was back and forth on my number one and two. Yeah. This could totally, you know, shift down and maybe we bump up Perfume Genius, but, it, you know, it's just how I'm feeling on the given day. This one sat at my top spot and pretty much stayed there from the time it came out. I own this album on vinyl. I am devastated that i'm not able to see this band one of my favorite bands in the world live to perform this stuff for probably the next six months to a year the band is oh brother the album is you and i masterpiece i've been following these guys pretty much since they've been around for i think two to three years touring i don't know how long they've been together as a band but they've been around for about two to three years i believe before i saw them for the first time. They were in the same circle of bands that were performing Columbia pretty regularly. They're a Georgia band. Um, they're a Georgia band? They're a Georgia band. Yes. Like the country Georgia or like a Georgia no. band? <laughs> they're from... A band from Georgia. I believe they're from Macon and okay. or Atlanta. I'm not sure. Uh, Atlanta is slowly engulfing the rest of however, the state. However, yes. How, Sooner or later, the border will be Atlanta. I don't know where they identify as right. being from in Georgia, but they're a Georgia band. Um and I've been literally seeing these guys live since I was in college. So, What's over not a love? decade? Yeah? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're getting close to your 10-year, aren't you? Yes. Uh, they were once described... but we've ta- I've talked about them plenty of times before. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yes. But for our listeners who may be joining us for the first time randomly, if there's one new person out there, 
Um, Hi, how's it going? They were once described by lead singer of Manchester Orchestra, whose label they were on for a very long time. Who I look like. Mr. Andy Hull, who Gavin somewhat resembles. Um, They were once described, and this is how I guess I usually lay them out to people as well, because it's a pretty good descriptor, as the the medium point between the deftones and explosions in the sky. And they meet somewhere in the middle, and, you know, beautiful shit happens. Very heavy music. Probably the heaviest band I listened to. Oddly, this might be the most accessible thus far. Um, I am very happy to see a move into a little bit more intense electronics and industrial vibe to some of it. It's not ever present. It still has the kind of melodic qualities that I've always enjoyed in their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tanner Merritt's vocals continue to astound and his songwriting as well and i think the i i don't know if they collaborate on the song i don't know what the lyrics process is like um their whole thing unto themselves i am struggling with what exactly i want to play but technically this is not gonna end out the episode so i guess i shouldn't feel any pressure at all because because you're gonna have a finale for us oh yeah which i feel pretty comfortable about what it's gonna be now um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one of the slower grooves, and this was the first single, and this was an indicator of like, okay, you guys released this as your single as opposed to like hitting us in the face right off the bat. Um, you didn't go with like a hard-hitting like rock single necessarily. They did have one almost immediately afterwards, but this, if I remember correctly, was like the first taste we got. The song is called Killing Spree, and I'm going to play a bit for Gavin, and then, uh, but we're going to jump around for what the audience actually hears. You're on the
Okay, I got a huh. I got a huh. Um, again, another one where the uh, like the production is definitely a highlight. So I would encourage you to check it out with with headphones. Dive in there. It's good stuff. It's a rich text. Um, rich you, you tapestry. Can, you can absorb it sonically, and then you can delve into the lyrics. You can do. I try. That's what I was trying to do with that. It's like I don't. I don't ever. I don't even with like rap music. Like I get talked about with like good news. I didn't listen to that the first time to try and like what what are they saying? Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the beat and the rhythm and how I feel when I do it because if I don't feel anything, I'm not listening again. Yeah, I, I'm I, not I don't going know to. if you felt this. No, no. I mean, I like, could get. I could. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying what I'm about to describe. I don't know if you felt this, but like this song goes from like very ethereal, like mm-hmm. pretty or whatever, and then to to me. And this may sound weird and like a thought I would have never had to describe them before, but there's a little bit of baby making music quality in the back half of this. I don't, again, I don't know what I'm playing for the listeners, but like, there's. Please play them the back half. I want to know. There's a dark, sexy groove in here. Yeah. To me. I don't know. And not an element that I necessarily ever associate with them. But again, there's. That's the beauty of art, Noah. They were a band that for a long time, and I talked about this on an episode I did with um, with Alex, where they, they really embraced the quiet, loud dynamics that a lot of like alternative bands do, where it's like, okay, we're going to be really like quiet and pretty, and then we're going to like, boom, hit you in the face. And that's the structure for a song. You just, and, you just nailed it, bro. I'm not allowed to like it because I'm always on that loud. I'm always loud. <laughs> I'm always on that loud. I mean, I'm always about like kick it up to 11 and let's just go. So there's a little quiet, soft side of stuff. I remember when people loved Dashboard Confessionals and that guy was like <laughs> all over the place. Right. He was going to be your hero, whatever. Like, you know. You're thinking of Enrique Iglesias. No. He can be your hero. No, Baby. I'm thinking if he was going to be Baby. vindicated. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. He was going to be vindicated, all that, you know. And I was just like, I don't like this You're guy. You're thinking of Dave Grohl on the football field. Right, yeah. I've, that's <laughs> That hero. That hero, yeah. That's the loud hero. Yeah. And so you're talking like the juxtaposition of that. That perfectly makes sense. That's why I'm not allowed to like it. It's well, because I'm to, not down to, with that soft. Quote of the year. That's the name of your episode. I'm not down with that soft. I'm not down with that soft. That's what she said. <laughs> No, the title of this episode is I feel like I'm not allowed to like any music. I just feel like I'm not the, the just I'm has sorry, to be people. In there. And I won't even try to recreate it, but I just want you to know that when we did take our little break, I did go on a runner of giving Kevin shit for this and it basically consisted of the concept of like you want to love it. I but do. like the man they just won't let you. Yeah. And I think it culminated with me going, Brother, I love these scents. <laughs> But I cannot like it. They won't let me like it. Okay. <coughs> Please don't. I have to drive home. Let me. Okay. Go to ahead. Finish the thought. The quiet, loud thing. They, for a long time, I feel like they were a band who I loved during this entire period. But the the structure for a song was quiet, loud, quiet, loud. Like that's the vibe. And now the album carries that whole tone where it's like they're they're comfortable to exist in a space where like we can have a, a slow more like a ballad like slow burn that doesn't necessarily like escalate to this crazy other thing every time. Um, and because of that, it's a much richer and like just more enjoyable like full album experience. 
and probably the best one I've had with them since Garden Window, which was their debut LP. Um, I love this band. I can't wait to see them live again. And, you know, a lot of, like, personal history tied up in it, but it's one of those things where when you, like, something that you are anticipating that much actually delivers and you are able to kind of separate yourself from it and still be like, okay, even if I didn't have this attached fandom, I could come to this cold and still feel as strongly as I do about it. That's a good place to be in. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah. Oh, brother, you and I. Brother, you and I. It's my number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we all know if anybody's been half paying attention uh, in the course of this 215 plus minute episode, um, we know what your number one is. Yeah. So what are we playing off of last night? Late night. What? After hours. After hours. God damn Close. it, Noah. I guess Close, nobody but knows. no Scorsese. Yeah, pretty much. Have you ever seen After Hours? No, I haven't. It's on Prime. Maybe I you check seen... it out. It's probably where the weekend, that's probably the whole album is based off of After Hours. That's what I assumed. Wait a minute, what happened? The Griffin Dunn classic from the 80s. Scorsese on Coke. Is it what? set in Canada? No, it's set in New York City. Is Griffin Dunn Canadian? Probably. Okay, maybe that's it. A lot of people online have talked about how After Hours is the culmination of the trilogy of... The trilogy. No, no, it's the, <laughs> the trilogies, LP, and all those, House right. of Balloons, Silence, all that, Kissland, and After Hours. Those three separate albums make a full trilogy. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute, Gav, what about Beauty Behind the Madness? What about Starboy? And I'll tell you, Noah, Beauty Behind the Madness was... I got to make a record because I got to get famous because I got this song in 50 shades and I got famous enough to be like, okay, I got this weird concept I want to do with Daft Punk. Let me do that. Here's the money, Abel, go do it. And he does it. And that got so big. It was like, okay, I need to finish this trilogy. I've had in mind this idea and this character, because if you look at the Hills and can't feel my face and all the stuff that was on beauty behind the madness, and then you look at the cut my hair with the I had the crazy hair and now I'm Starboy, this concept. Mm-hmm. Then you have the complete change up to this guy, whoever the character is, in the red suit with the mustache and, and the busted the hair, face. Busted yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you follow this and I read a, a thread, I don't it probably I don't know if he'll ever speak to it, but the idea is that like after like he gets famous after the first set of albums. Kissland is him following this woman across the world and like wanting to be with her and he can't. So he murders her and her lover and he flees to Las Vegas and decides to surround himself with pussy, booze, coke, all this stuff. And at the end of it, regardless of the self, he starts to see her again, even though she's dead. This crazy icon, just weird imagery that like, I don't know. It's a nice thing to look at and think about, but you got to pull what you can from your own art. I don't know if there's any background to all these videos being the same. I mean, after In Your Eyes, I mean, they cut his head off in that, but he showed there, and then the girls are playing with it in the pool the next video. It's fucking wild. I have not wild. watched any of the you, related material for it this is, one. Yeah, I just I, heard Blinded I, by the Light or Lights? Blinding Lights. Blinding Lights, right. excuse me. Mm-hmm. I would um, want you to play... <laughs> In your eyes. I just pretend 
not heard that no i have i listened okay. to this when it came right. out the I, only reason well, it's not on my list is because i knew it would be your number one same with future Islands. and i tried to save us a bit of oh that's the only reason you i listened to on. that future islands album when it came out oh, and i didn't gosh. put it on my list because i knew it would be on yours at a really good spot <laughs> and i i got to get that body count record on there is <laughs> <laughs> my hand to make room for body counts <laughs> but i want you to play <laughs> if you can find it if not it's okay i want you to play the In Your Eyes remix with Mr. Kenny G. All right. Because he, after he released the single with Doja Cat, where she sings on it, he had to do it again. And his only thing was, I mean, I had to do one with Kenny G. Why would I not? And so Kenny G plays all of the saxophone parts. Lovely. And um, it's it's this, lovely. Uh, I mean, I gave big ups to Wahada and, uh, and Suf John Stevens and Future Islands for that matter, but... If I'm being completely honest with myself and with the audience, the best sense of the year on this fucking record, dude. I was like, when I heard the first single, I was like, yo, dude, I didn't know I wanted like the weekend basically singing over fucking synth wave, but that's exactly but, but, what it is. And that's is. the thing, dude. If you listen to Kissland, which no one did, he did that five years ago, right. five, six years ago. And I love it as like when I read that into because I've just typed in what is after album hours about? Is there a story behind it? Because right. with Starboy, there was such a tie-in of like this is a this is not the weekend, this is not Abel Tespade, this is Starboy. This is like when you see him the way he looks, he's cut his hair for a reason to play this character for mm -hmm. this concept. You know, and I love the idea of you got famous off of this, and he even says it on Starboy. Um I got famous talking about a face coming off of a bag of blow. Like people right. thought he was famous. Like the idea that they gave him a Nickelodeon's like kids choice for can't feel my face. is fucking hilarious to me, but the change of that. And then to go to this like stark thing, I saw all this stuff before I saw uncut gems. And somehow I thought, Oh, well maybe this guy is going to be in uncut gems. And I was like, Wait a minute, he's got the hair back. Is this, oh, wait a minute, it's back in the past. How'd they do that? You know, did yeah. they shoot this before? But, and so I get it, but there was that. You know why it had to be set then? Because of the finals. Yeah, because they had to specifically pick like, okay, what, what former NBA star can we get, first of all? Mm -hmm. And then timeline wise, what syncs up? But it wasn't originally even supposed to be the Celtics. Yeah. It was supposed to be, they wanted to be the Knicks or something for like a random game. And they were like, I don't know how realistic that is. <laughs> yeah. The Knicks would be like, in the final. I my whole life on the line for <laughs> yeah. the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boston's that great name recognition. And they're a team to bet on every year. But yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, some of the best sense. You're right. And I mean, it gets great stuff. I mean, and completely invaded pop radio just in general. Um, I feel like in a way that. I mean, I felt like a couple of years ago he was 
huge, but it feels like another. I mean, it make people who are like shocked by the fact that he's performing at the Super Bowl. Uh, I was like, this feels like it could have happened like two or three years ago, and like I wouldn't have batted an eye. Like, yeah, he's the weekend. Like, mm-hmm. he's established himself as one of those like. He, it's an event whenever he puts something out. Did you see his performance live this year at the VMAs? I haven't. Again, dude, I have. I, I listened dude, literally, to this when it came out, and I have is, not touched it dude, since. Dude, there basically. is a bar that opened up about three months after we left New York the last time. And it is right over. Like, it's almost. It's right around the corner from where we stayed. It is. Uh, the building looks fucking wild. But he performed solo on top of this thing for the BMAs and when he just points out to the water there's a full on fireworks show over the Hudson Bay and he's just still by himself they got drone footage of it it's bad I, to hold, to be that fucking high up out there by yourself no crew no nothing and you're still hitting the fucking notes in that yeah. sweet sweet falsetto voice of yours I'm not I <laughs> I would never compare him to the greatest of any sort of genre, pop, anything like that. But I'm I I said it the first time I listened to Kissland. People will talk about this person the way we will talk about him the way that mom and dad and people before them talked about your princes, your Michael Jacksons, your hip hop and R and B artists that did their own thing and were not afraid of it. He right. even posted a thing a minute ago with, with uh, on his Instagram earlier today or yesterday a, in a Prince interview where he was like, I grew up with different stuff in the house, so I decided if I ever got famous, I was going to play and do different stuff and do what I wanted to do. And you know, I don't, you know, once you make comparisons, everyone's their own person, but I feel like you get a little bit of Prince, you get a little bit of Michael Jackson, you get a little bit of all these other tiny influences, but it goes in this unique thing that you're never going to be like no album will ever be the same as the other there will never be any resting on whatever but he basically i don't know if he said no more daytime no more nighttime music i think he said there's basically no more daytime music i for this album this is a darker mm-hmm. more self-reflective but also i think i think there's even a line about living and dying in la to live and die in la whatever whatever and it was before I had watched the movie, but then when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, he fucking like, how does this work? And I'm I'm probably gonna listen again going home. I just it top to bottom, T2B. sonically, what T to B T to B yeah T to B, hundred percent again. Like we said, I, and I have to say it again, RTJ four is the album of 2020, undisputed. You gotta look. You look back. You look back, you're not going to talk about After Hours because there's going to be something else down the line that people are going to be like, how the fuck did it get this big again? But regardless, it's yeah. as much as it's been a crazy year for any kind of entertainment, I think we just proved it. It's been a fucking good year for music. Yeah. Um, I will co-sign on that one. It was my number 12. Yeah. Had it just outside the top 10 very good album and again on the strength of like one listen and then hearing the two or three singles on repeat on the radio for about six months so uh yeah i look forward to diving back into it again i haven't really had any nighttime drives other than coming home from from work and those have mostly 
for the most part, been Future Islands and Idols on those on those rides. If, you if can, I'm listening to music, but let's be honest, I'm listening to podcasts yeah. like most of the time. Yeah, this one is you definitely got to force yourself to listen to it as you're driving. Yeah, I and just get into on it. On the note of the Spotify stuff, I saw the numbers that like other people were posting for like your minutes listened to this year, and I was like, oh, God, I feel like a fucking chump, man. Yeah. Like barely anything, but it's like, but if you look at my podcast numbers... But the, and they were ridiculously high on Spotify, but I'm like, and that's not even my preferred app. I don't even listen to most stuff on Spotify. I listen on Stitcher. So that shows you how much like time is occupied by podcasts as opposed to music. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, that's, it's not like a brag. That's just a, like a weird fact that we're doing a music episode of a podcast, but I listen to a lot of music this year, but mm-hmm. not that much of it relative to like i guess how most people consume stuff this year yeah yeah a lot of people probably just consumed it sent to the house nothing to do yeah and i mean honestly if there's i had also a... a ton of stuff where like i would throw on youtube and watch the music videos from the band oh, yeah. and weren't i wasn't registering like counts for them on my yeah know, numbers and, and i mean stuff. at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much or how often it just matters that you did and that's really all you can do i mean yeah if honestly if i had a, a house i would hook up i would have like in-wall speakers and like have maybe one or two alexas where i could like ask her to play stuff for me as i'm in different rooms you know uh, this is where i'm a rich person in this story <laughs> this is a yes and you know how i get rich no it's a tangent universe well, how's that because my money's on leto <laughs> <laughs> Cut to credits. Uh, not quite. You have any honorable mentions you want to throw in there while uh, we're wrapping up? The Struts. The Struts album. The Struts, not the Streets. Nope. The Struts. Well, the Streets did have an album, but they weren't. it wasn't as <laughs> good as the right. Struts. <laughs> yeah. So the Struts hold up the Streets, or they're on the Streets? The Struts are on the Streets. The Struts are on the Streets <laughs> holding up the... Liquor store. I don't know. <laughs> Can I give you my singles real quick? I think you'll appreciate these. Oh, sure. All right, number six was over now. Calvin Harris number the six. Yeah, I get top, six. My top six, six singles. Six, six singles. Baby. Six singles. Come on, man. Okay, number four, or I'm sorry, number five is this uh, Chinatown Bleachers and uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, number four, Jesse's Girl Two. I wanted to. I love, love that song, that song I dude. I fucking love, love it, it. But I was just I very, fucking love it. I was like, it is so I good. Was like, do I have the coheed switch in me still? And I just, I do. It wasn't I totally there, do. Um, Number three, WAP, or if I'm being honest, I really love that fucking, the hook that it came from, Whores in This House. I think it's fucking great. Because everybody's like, Hoes in, no, it's, there's some whores in this house. That is the only song by Frank Skeeve. He has since become like a prominent politician in a couple of towns in like, I don't know where he lives now, but it's like you had this song in the early 90s that you made with an 808 machine. And literally, it's just you being like, there's some hoes in this house. There's some whores in this house. Yeah. And then somebody and then, and now it's a hit again. And I've just that to WAP was my number three. Number two, The Adventures of Moon Man and Slim Shady, which I hope means I'm going to get the final third Moon Man album out of Kid Cudi next year. Um, and of course, number dream. one. I said what? I said you can dream. I can dream. Yeah. Well, because he I says to cut you off. Go ahead. Keep and going. then number one is the In Your Eyes remix with Kenny G. But anyway, the Adventures of Move Man and, and Slim Shady. He says, "Stay tuned." Trill onto the trilogies, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Into Cud, and then all the other ones. They weren't 
Man on the Moon. They weren't part of that trilogy of albums. He did Man on the Moon 1 and 2, then it's Endicud, then it's these other two, and the last one, Kid Sees Ghosts. I'm hoping maybe 2021, with all this downtime he's had, maybe we'd get the Moon Man 3, Man on the Moon 3. Maybe. Yeah. Any honorable mentions? Any minch? Any mentions. Um. <clears throat> That we didn't get to. Uh, I like the new My Morning Jackets called The Waterfall 2. It's good stuff. Might need it now. It's uh, the aforementioned, like <laughs> two and a half hours ago, Tobacco, the guy with the creepy music <laughs> no, videos. sir. <laughs> he has a great new album called Hot, Wet, and Sassy. Ooh. And it is Rare. all three of those things. Very aptly titled. Um down in the weeds where the world once was the return of bright eyes i enjoyed it i don't even, i think you tapped out on bright eyes way before i did yeah you were you were in hard on the first several records yeah lifted was great digital ass digital earned great i bought casadega and i wanted to love casadega and i was just like See, casadega is where i i'm one of those weird people who's like no nah, dude it's casadega forward which is only three albums including right. this one um and I also include like Monsters of Folk and all the Connor Over solo stuff in there as well. Um, I think maybe you give this one a shot. I don't know. Um, great stuff, dude. I thought it was worth the wait. See, this personally. is the thing, dude. Like when I was a kid, I always said Bright Eyes, and I got like made fun of by the people. That's why I don't think I can like indie music because my guys I would talk <laughs> about to try why. and be cool, no one was on at the time. Like, I wasn't into brand new until, like, years later. Who? Uh, I wasn't into <laughs> four guys from some place we don't talk just about. Just fucking with you. And Tim, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> you're terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, just one more. Just outside the top ten. I, I wanted to slip my boys in here. One of my all-time favorite bands who, like... You know, I always got a soft spot, but I, I, they've just never quite gotten it fully together since the first two. Mm-hmm. But I love them so much, anyways, and I don't care. And they came really close. They came really close to cracking the top ten. Uh, imploding the Mirage from the Killers, dude. Did you even listen to this? I once did, it came dude. Out? I no, no. I had it was. Trust I me, really, I really wanted it, liked dude. It, okay, I wanted it. I wanted it because fucking war on drugs. Like I wanted I, that feel of it. I wanted yeah. that. And I know what it was. You and this, I blame you. You never should have told me that the war on drugs guy was ever going to work with him because I hear that. And I'm listening. I'm like, where is it? Where is, where is it? And I can't, and he's not there. He's not singing on it that much. Where's Greg? Who's he out? We got to find him. Where is he? Greg? Where are you, Greg? It's, it is not happening. It's, Adam Granduciel, I was saying. I thought you said Greg. No, Sorry. That's Granduciel. Okay. See? My money's, this is the, the my money's, my on, money's on, on Dude, yeah. You a new you, one every episode. You're okay. getting so wild with it. I can't. You're talking too fast. Yeah. So it's, his name is Adam. Adam Granduciel, which is a stage name, apparently. So. Okay. Well, that works. Yeah. Keeping the mystery alive. I get it. Well, it's Adam something else, and it's publicly known. It's just in War on Drugs, his name is Adam Granduciel. That's his name. That works. I don't know. But I wanted... I, uh, by the way, Live Drugs, which came out this year, was fucking incredible. Uh, but technically, that music is from the last, like, five to six years. So, can't really count as a 2020 album, unless we want to be dicks about it. But 
if we were putting it on here, it might crack my top ten. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, still would love to see them live. I just for don't reals. know. I just don't know. Like, and this is the question, man. Like, what? What is Brandon Flowers about? Like, what is he? What is his deal? What? What do you mean? I feel like he's just this trapped artist, man. I feel like he just can't get out of Vegas, dude. dude okay. I feel like he's just this predominant like this is a I'm lo- a tortured this is a soul. Lo- okay, this is a lot to get into. Yes, two and a half hours. Into Let's do it. Let's go for three into the episode. And it is currently one thirty in the morning, and I do have to work tomorrow, the early shift, not the late one. And you have to drive home and get up work early. Yeah. Did you see the Pitchfork review of this album? No. Not that I like sought this out immediately, but they, I was like, is this okay? The, the entire review is basically like, well, we all know that Brandon Flowers wishes he was gay. Like, he's always wished he was gay, and that's where all of the angst this comes music from? and everything comes from. Is like, it's a straight boy who can't, like, who wants to be gay so badly, but can't. And I was just like, what the fuck? I've like, I've never, I've never heard it articulated that way, but I'm like, I guess maybe there's all the weird androgynous stuff with the songs on Hot Fuss and everything. And I no, love look at the Spaceman video. Spaceman too, even into like yeah, day and age and stuff that I wasn't as like crazy about. It's always been there. Yeah, and he is like a queer icon, yeah. but he's also a straight guy with kids, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I don't know, um, or you know, maybe he's bisexual. Also. Who the fuck cares? And it doesn't matter. Sexuality is a spectrum. You yeah, can literally it do whatever you like, want. It shouldn't matter necessarily, but the thing that I always have come back to, regardless, and like we we talked about how like, dude, wonderful, wonderful. We're gonna do an album review. We got so excited for it, and then I was just like, it was the man, and that was it. That's just kind of like thing. the air got let out of it, and I felt kind of the same way about Battleborn, and like Day and Age was when things started to dip for me. But the thing that has never gone away, there's just an earnestness. It doesn't feel cynical no, at no, all. No, 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 no. Even though they are one of the biggest bands in the world, they're still, like, make crazy money on the road. Yeah. They, like, they have albums that actually chart at number one. Like, that's, like, almost unheard of for rock bands to do these days yeah. in general. But, like, just... The thing I that I have is. always come back to, though, is again, like I said, there's just no, there's no cynicism or bullshit in it to me. He is just 100% earnest. Everything he's saying, he fucking believes this shit, even as like starry-eyed and like yeah. full of itself as it may seem. And that's what he I love about this it. shit. Yeah. It's so genuine, and that is the thing that has always come through to me. And this album really did feel like a return to form. I said, people were asking me because they know I love the killers. They were like, should I check this one out? Is it any good? Cause they'd heard caution, the single, mm-hmm. etc. And I said, I genuinely, and I have no problem like unequivocally saying this. It's the best album they've made since Samstown. Those maybe fun, that's it. Dude. Hot maybe Fuss they, and Samstown are my two the, favorite records from them. Unequivocally. Maybe they but just, this peaked is the too best early. thing they've done since then. Yeah. Maybe they just got too big too fast. When you put out a debut album that has five, five singles off of it that all chart, if I'm not mistaken, that is literally, it's still in, I think, like the top 200 usually for like the year of album sales. Like when your back catalog still like moves numbers, 
yeah, it's hard to escape that. Like, but I thought they did it immediately with Samstown, even though at the time people were like, "This is just a bunch of Americana Springsteen bullshit." Oh no, fuck fucking Samstown is amazing. And I was like, "Um, no, this thing's a fucking masterpiece." I like wore that CD out. I bought that CD twice because I genuinely scratched it to shit in my old BMW. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like, dude. It just, it just feels like he's a, like a perpetually tortured artist who just had the unfortunate of living and growing up in sin city and could never wanted to be on the marquee and have the rate uh, the residency somewhere in vegas and had all the but then like you drive 20 minutes to the left and you're in the desert and the starry-eyed mystery wonder of the skies and like fucking are there aliens and shit out there and like can we give it a run can we make it can we like fucking can we do this thing like give me a shot at the night man that should be in every fucking training montage of any fucking movie for the rest of time. Yeah. Like, it is so fucking perfect. But it's just like, it just doesn't ever happen for them. I don't hear them on the radio. I don't see their music they videos because no their, places play music videos. They still have their singles still. here and there. But yeah. I, I think, again, and every time they put, every time they have new music out, there's always four or five songs that I find in the midst of there. This was the first one since Samstown where I was like, top to bottom, I think this thing is pretty great. And even though it, from the outside, could feel like, oh, God, they're bringing in all these features. Like, how desperate are they for, like, creativity at this point? But it's like, the people they chose to bring in, Lindsey Buckingham on guitar, yes. Adam Granduciel on keys, Katie Lang doing a duet with him, essentially, which is great. And then, I don't, I think there was some more on there, but I'm honestly not even sure. Um, But all of that stuff worked. It still felt like a killer's record. It felt bigger and more expansive than they've been in a bit i just i really really responded to it it just didn't quite crack the top 10 but i did want to shout them out because again they will always be one of my favorite bands and specifically brandon flowers as a singer and vocalist i've always said i think he is the most interesting current pop vocalist frontman there is on the planet i think like he he would probably take this as a compliment. I think he's the Phil Collins of his day in the solo artist respect. Hmm. When you look at the desired effect, when you look at Flamingo, look at those albums and start thinking about No Jacket Required. Start thinking about early, like early post-Genesis Phil Collins records. Just want you to just do that for me the next time you no, listen no, no. to the you're, desired I'm, effect. You're, you're, you're absolutely right because... Genesis didn't go away while Phil Collins was solo. They had he did both, and so was Brandon Flowers. He's done both. I just I I know I think you you nail it. Except there is no pop hit on his own, his, and the pop hits that, were early on with the hard, band. Hard disagree. Sorry, no, but no, no, no. Cross Crossfire off of his first solo record is still a radio hit to this day. Really, they will play it as if it's a killer song, but it's a Brandon Flowers solo song. Crossfire is. The Brandon Flowers song. I, I know. I I don't know where you listen to music. I and maybe it's because I'm stuck in a place. Uh, places like Pier One, for instance, used to have it on their playlist right. and shit. Like that's when I say beyond radio and stuff, stuff that is like it's sellable or I hear, palatable. Yeah, but for I people. hear Mr. Brightside all the fucking oh, 100%. time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There isn't anything. They do read my mind a lot. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah. oh, that's a fucking cute video, man. All of their videos are fantastic. No, that they're in Japan. No, I don't, yeah, 
that's almost up there with the rather be video from whatchamacallit okay this was our music but why did we because yeah, because you wanted to talk about brandon i just i want the guy to be okay i want him to get I what think, he's after i want him to be I think happy he is okay but i think the pursuit of all of that is what gives us all these great albums probably so. i just hope he gets there one day you know god bless that kid keep dreaming my money's on flowers <laughs> money's on flowers baby <laughs> all right i think we did it um, I have no idea how long this thing is once we put music into it. Yeah, but so if you don't clean it up a spend bit. forever on the music, I'm pretty sure you get it below three hours. Maybe. Where are we at right now? You always say where we're at before we leave. 240. Ooh, yeah, you probably get <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. You can definitely cut it down below 230. This is the longest episode we've ever recorded. The last episode was the longest episode we've ever released. If we continue on this track, we're going to turn into, like, the new, uh, who does, like, four or five hour podcasts on the reg? Pete Holmes? I think Film Junk does as well. They just go on for, like, four or five hours. Yeah. But they always have content, like, laid out perfect. It's, like, it's crazy. Anyways, this is, uh... We gotta stop chasing those guys, Noah, and be our own thing. We are our own thing. We are. I have been Noah. I have been Gavin. And we have been the Blanchard Brothers. We are our own Blanchard Brothers. We are our own Blanchard Brothers. <laughs> I am my own grandpa as well. Oh my god. Uh, the Stupids, starring Tom Arnold. <laughs> 1997. Five? What are you five. talking about? We watched it at the beach. I love that you come back at me with like, five, asshole. <laughs> Now, I don't really know, and I'm going to have to doing everything else off the dome. And you're just like, dude, 95, dickhead. <laughs> I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> just like fucking Saigon. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that's where you started Call of Duty. What? 96, we were both wrong. Samsonite, <laughs> I was way, way off. Oh, my God. The stupids. I haven't thought about that in a decade. Two decades. Yeah. Damn near. John decades. Landis, director? What? <laughs> yes. Dude. Ooh, budget, $25 million. Do I smell? Box office, two point five. Oh, my God. Do I smell a two-by-two two retro review? <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> Fucking John. Oh, my God, John Landis. We cannot. No. Live. This has to end. This cannot be how we end the episode either. John <laughs> Landis. <laughs> Oh my okay. god, dude. For reals, though, I have been Noah. <laughs> Hold up. You can't <laughs> just do that. You can't say for reals and then just like run into the intro. Obviously, you're going to cut all that stuff with the stupids. Don't you dare leave it in. Why let's, not? Let's, let's, let's just At go. this point, why not? All right, okay. I am my own grandpa, <laughs> damn it. Okay, good. I know not to get you Ancestry.com for Christmas then. Please don't. Okay. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for anybody, like all two of you that stuck around. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate you going the distance. Uh, Yeah, Dad, if you did listen to this, sorry I spoiled uh, your Christmas present. I hope you like it. If he listens to this episode, he's like, I got, he got me what? He got me that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. But I'm sure he'll find some other stuff on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, as hopefully all of you did. Again, just to remind you, it's thearchivy at gmail.com. Just send us an email, damn it. <laughs> just send us one little email. I'm begging you. I'm fucking begging you. Okay. Is your inbox that empty? What's that? 
Your inbox is there. Oh, it's full of a bunch of shit. Just nothing from listeners of this show, dude. Bending, not breaking. They get emails left and right. People leaving voicemails and shit. Really? Yeah, dude. They got a huge, huge fan base. Oh. But they they give our email, so I have to like forward all of that stuff to them. <laughs> That's and terrible. So it's just like, what? You know what? We should do a podcast. Oh, did we get one? Oh. <laughs> all right. Standing, <laughs> standing next to giants. <laughs> <laughs> the Blanchard Brothers story. Yes. It's just us talking about, like, all the famous people we thought we knew and, like, how other people on this network are more famous than we are, which we don't really care about the fame. It's not what we do. Not not in it for the uh, recognition. And for the gram, right? Um, No, dude, I do this because of you. Like, I said, this is the story I've been telling everyone. You asked me to do this three, four years ago, and I was like, hell yeah, and I still do it because of you. If... You weren't the host of this show. I wouldn't be coming down here to do this shit. Are you kidding me? Um, and if I didn't have you as a co-host, I wouldn't have a fucking other person that would do it with me, brother. So uh, I love you. And I'm glad. Thanks for being here. I look forward to uh, the rest of our year and wrap up. I would love it if you're like, I'd still do it. And you're sitting here by yourself like a crazy person <laughs> talking to me. I've that I'm I have tried to solo pod. That's fucking weird, dude. I did a whole shit, I did a whole season of television solo potting and it was not like it was and weird. You got as that hell, fucking dude. show canceled, you asked. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> My pod was so bad. They were or it was so good. They're like, dude, we can't have this guy, this independent guy coming out here talking about our HBO shit. That's our job. Yeah, because they didn't start talking about their own shows until after that show. They didn't want you still no, in the they thunder. Had after cast before that. But really? Anyways, are you sure, dude? I have got to end this. <laughs> okay, I've got to end this now. <laughs> All right, one last time. Just walk away. <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> uh, All right, Lord Humongous, long may he reign. Oh, oh my dude, God. fucking Toe Cutter and a Morton Joe died today. That we're recording this. What? Yeah, man. Oh, man. Hugh Keys, I believe. Chaos. I forget how we say his name. Mediocre. So, witness! And uh, go watch Fury Road this weekend. Please Mediocre, do. man. God damn it. <laughs> That's the one you like? Mediocre. I just love that he's like, mediocre. I just, it's, it's like. so great. Yeah. Nicholas Holt's just like devastated. He's like, oh, God, I'm so sad. Do that for me, and I will personally escort you into Valhalla. And he just fucking falls right off the truck. Mediocre. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, oh. but yeah, sorry to bum you out. That Great sucks, note to go dude. out on, but he did die today. So Was it yeah. COVID-related, or just he's old? I think he's just old. I hope he's just old. I didn't look too much in depth, but I'm sure he's riding straight into Valhalla right now. And yeah, again, witness! Witness! <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. I've been Noah... I feel like I just... I've been Gavin. I live, I die, I live again. (laughs) As do all war boys. So, Okay. Thanks, folks. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to attempt an outro at this point. Thanks for anybody who's still listening. We love you all. We'll be back with more year-end wrap-up stuff. I think we're doing TV next. It might be movies first. I don't know. Stay tuned. Find out. Keep a little mystery in your life. I'm Noah. I'm Gavin. We're the Blanchard Brothers. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to what we were listening to in 2020. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.